Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Did you know that this March, a whopping 86% of you will be sneaking peeks at the games when you're supposed to be working? It's the least productive month in sports, and Dave & Buster's is celebrating with an all-day $5 happy hour on March 21st for the first round of games. So ditch your second tabs for big screens, cold beers, and free Wi-Fi. But most importantly, stop pretending to work at the office and start pretending to work at Dave & Buster's on March 21st at participating locations only. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 146 of Spit and Chicklets, presented by New Amsterdam Vodka. All the boys are back from Cali. Uh, still probably a little bit tired from that week out there, but thanks again to all the beautiful people of San Jose for the great hospitality. Had a great time out there and down in Venice as well. Let's say hello to the fellas this evening. Let's go to Paul Bissonette first out west. What's going on, buddy? What's up, boys? Uh, Phoenix Open Golf Tournament this weekend here. Uh, I'm going to avoid that as much as possible, but... A uh, little birdie told me that Shane O'Brien is coming to town. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, woman, uh, if uh, you know anyone who can get me a liver transplant, uh, I'd appreciate that. Uh, I'll even give you the Biz 20 promo code. Maybe we'll go Biz 40, give you 40% off the Eagle Energy. And speaking of uh, um, New Amsterdam, thank you again for bringing us to the All-Star Game. Awesome time. Uh, much love to New Amsterdam Vodka. Sweets both nights. Thanks a lot. What a what a life we were living with. NAV. Is our boy Ryan Whitney? What's up with dog? What's up, boys? Just kicking it. Finally feeling normal again. It's nice to be home. Nice to be back. And we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, plenty to chatter about. I'm still adjusting to the time zone. And uh, our buddy producer Mikey Grinelli. Uh, <laughs> oh, a <laughs> little bit of flooding life. situation in New York, but not your standard flood, huh? There, pal. Not many people can say their neighbors pissed or their person that lives above them pissed their bed, but this kid literally pissed my own bed. And my, shit. My, and he shit. Pissed, he pissed and shit my bed. There's, it, my, my room was raining piss and shit. I, dude, I, I saw the tweet. Now, the first tweet about getting into bed and having, been, having it being soaked is so gross that, like, right away, before I knew anything, I was just like, oh, I, I would have jumped out. Like, I did. Yeah. But then to find out what it actually was, it's worst, not funny. It's not funny. I'm not. The worst that. part is my roommate is like, oh, I bet it's fucking piss and shit. I bet like that's like a toilet overflowed or something. And it's piss and shit from someone. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. No way, dude. No shot. Did it not stink? Dude, it smelled so bad, but it didn't smell like piss and shit. It just smelled like like smelled super- like a combination of both. Yeah, it smelled like the Great Depression. And it's just raining, pissing shit. So my, my whole bed's ruined. I had to go buy a new bed today. My, my mattress pad that I bought three days ago, four days ago, ruined. I got some Egyptian sheets. Wait, you've been talking about the, the high thread count. Oh, yeah. shit, man. You got the Egyptian shit? So I went and bought some high thread count sheets because Wit's always talking about them. I thought that's what like, cool people do. Well, They're those kinda are kind of shitty, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty shitty. So now I have to go buy some, like, $3 sheets off Amazon. How, how much did Wit like his own joke there? <laughs> I wish you people could see him smiling. Pretty shitty hey, sheets. Grinelli, how the fuck do you have to pay for this? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I put in a claim through renter's insurance. I told my landlord that I wasn't paying this month. He did not take that kindly. 
he freaked out on me, basically threatened to sue me. I threatened to sue him. We kind of went back and forth a little bit. It was a little uh, got wonder, pretty intense. Should we get a GoFundMe going for, uh, for uh, Grinnell's lawyer? Uh, it'll be the wit fund me. Well, the, the, worst is, the worst is the bed. I had to buy a new bed today. It cost me almost $1,000. No, we'll, we'll take that out of the, the team kitty. Yeah, I said we'll take that out of the kitty. By the way, I told you to go to the hotel last night. What'd you do? Sleep on the couch? Yeah, I slept on my couch, and my couch is not comfortable. It's like a, it's like a dentist couch. You know why he did that? Because he's a fucking team player. And uh, this morning, uh, Wit had daddy daycare. Uh, RA had to work. And uh, we got Kendall Coyne Schofield. Uh, obviously, you guys can be on. I, I, I talked to her. Man, she has so many accomplishments. It, it's crazy. We spent the whole interview of me t- talking about her accomplishments. I couldn't even ask her any real questions. But uh, awesome for her. And uh, tonight, uh, we recorded on Wednesday. She found the, the time period in order to do the interview because she had a big night ahead of her where she was doing in-game analysis with, uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning game. And you're watching it right now. Are you not, Whit? Yeah, I saw her on with Edzo talking. And she, she I mean, she sounds great. She also, they, they showed up a little stat board, her versus Edzo, because they're actually from the same town in Illinois, uh, hmm. where it showed she's been to six world championships and won five gold medals. <laughs> so, I mean, along with the gold medal, on the Olympics and that lap she did. Somebody hit the funniest tweet, like how much of a head start would I have needed to beat her in that race? <laughs> I think I would have needed at least around the net. G- give me, let me start at the net. She starts at the red line and it's going to be a close one. And we also have uh, retired NHL and all around character, Dustin Penna. He joined us in uh, Venice last week. We got him coming as well. And uh, what's, what's up with that? Is that an Arizona state hat on your head? What's that all about? Oh Yeah. Got, you know, John, our boy Johnny Walker at Arizona State doesn't need uges anymore. He can just crank it to me wearing this hat probably. But what happened was a good friend of mine, Mike Shaw, owner of Fat Baby in Southie. It's a sushi, great bar, restaurant. Uh, he sent me a little text on Saturday night. Hey, Arizona State's playing BU. What do you think of a little wager? I said, okay. By the way, we were in one. We were in the middle of that trip. Right? I don't know what day it is. If I was smart, I would have looked and I thought it was like the first game of the weekend. I, might, I think I thought it was Friday. So BU had won Friday, but our bets, you know, was only on Saturday and Arizona State shut them out. I think they shut them out. I think it was three Cobb. And all of a sudden I got to wear this hat recording. I would have won a free dinner and drinks at Fat Baby, but instead I'm wearing this foolish Arizona State hat. It would look a lot better on some rocket from there. What? Uh, speaking of Arizona State, so tomorrow, me and Jason Demers are going to the ASU uh, U of A basketball game, and me and him are going to be the, the distraction wall. You know when oh. Michael Phelps did the, like, with the gold medals and he came out? So me and Demers are, are going to be uh, acting as those two, so we got to think of a costume. Uh, I think the team nixed uh, the, the bondage outfit where he was going to be like, he had me on a leash and I was going to have like a ball in my mouth where like, obviously it's aggressive, but we want to make sports center. on a college campus. That that's on, that's top 10. Bring out the game. Yeah. So, so, uh, so shout out to ASU. Obviously their hockey team still doing pretty good and uh, should be a fun night with Jason Demers. Who's a character as you people know, because we had him on uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, what else you got for us? All right. What's going on in the hockey world? Well, uh, we always anticipate big trades this time of year. And we got one while we were gone since the last episode, Um, LA traded Jake Muzzin to Toronto uh, for Toronto's 2019 first-round pick and a pair of prospects. Uh, Muzzin is in his eighth NHL season. He's a, he's a top-pair demon. He can play all situations. He definitely upgrades the core. And 
uh, Toronto is going to have a little ripple effect. Uh, he's a champion. You, know, you can never have too many of those guys in the room. And the best part is they get him cheap. He's uh, he's only $4 million for this year and next year. So they're basically getting him for two cup runs. Uh, I mean, if you're a Toronto fan, you got to love this deal. You didn't have to give up one of your top two or three prospects. Uh, your 2019 pick this year is going to be in the high 20s. So, hey, man, if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm pretty fired up about this deal. What say you, Wit? Real fired up. Real fired up if you're a Leafs fan. And uh, I don't know if you guys know our uh, – well, he's kind of an online buddy for me, Steve Dangle. You guys ever see him? Diehard Leafs fan. So, basically, I go on how he um, – He's very animated. What he's he very, thinks – Loves of, his job. But on Twitter, like, what he thinks of Toronto's moves, I, I kind of – you know, that's kind of how I feel. Like, basically, I follow his lead in terms of how Leafs, Leafs fans feel. And I think he wrote, oh, my God. That was just his first tweet when he saw. And when I started thinking about it, it really is is a great trade. And everyone said, what is the one worry about Toronto? It's the D. And a trade like this is so important, not only because you add, Ari, I love how you said you add a champion, you add a guy who knows what it takes to win, but it just slots everyone down a little bit. You know what I mean? Morgan Riley's had a stud year, could win the Norris Trophy, but he doesn't have to be the number one guy all the time. Yes, offensively he will be, but Muzzin defensively is a beast. I mean, I've seen a bunch of the hits they've been showing, kind of his highlights in terms of when they're talking about the trade on TV. He hammers guys, hard to play against down low, big guy that can move the puck, and he can get involved offensively. I mean, once in a while, I mean, he's not, he's certainly no slub, uh, no slouch, excuse me. So you see him scoring some rocket one-timers, and he's probably been the best defenseman on LA this year. I mean, Drew Doughty's a superstar, but I think overall if you look at all of LA's games and from what I'm hearing of people who see them play every night he has been that good this year and with the other the rest of Toronto's D I mean you look at a guy a guy like Travis Dermott who I love he can skate like the wind it just allows him to be down a little bit and that's what it would take for them to win the Stanley Cup maybe have him on the third pair as opposed to the second pair that's a guy who I think in the future second possibly first pair D man but now he's on the third pair it's kind of like the year that uh you know I went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I was probably playing a little bit too much. And then all of a sudden, to go to the Cup Finals, I was on the third pair. Me and Chris Letang or, you know, Daryl Storr was there. So it's, it's about slotting guys where, you, where they need to be to be a Cup champion. And Muzzin, I think, gives Toronto a chance now to really get it done because adding a defenseman like this is just invaluable. Well, I mean, you said he's so good defensively. And, and to get those points, you talked about him bringing it offensively. Three of the last four seasons before this, he's reached the 40-point mark. But he doesn't, yeah. uh, he doesn't do it taking a ton of risks offensively. He's not a liability defensively considering he's putting up those numbers and points. Uh, you mentioned kind of slotting guys down. You got Morgan Riley playing left side. Um, you know, obviously a true number one based on what he's doing this season. And then now all of a sudden Muzzin's, the, you know, the second left side uh, deep pairing, which, you know, that's going to help him. He's going to be able to get the matchups and, and still maybe be able to produce offensively. I'm not sure how the power play is going to work. Uh, I would imagine he would be on the second unit given the talent they have up front. They probably play four and one. But uh, like you guys said, a champion, 29 years old, you still get this year's uh, cup run. Uh, hopefully for Toronto fans, uh, and then of, and of course next year, and really not giving up anything in your roster uh, right now. I mean, a first-round pick, but I mean, they have enough to, to go around. So this is a, a huge pickup for the Leafs, uh, and, and they answer a, a question mark that they had, and, and, and Dubas just keeps getting it done. And the kid Carl Grundstrom, who is the prospect that was traded in the deal, um, 
I played with him for a minute when I was in Modo uh, in Sweden for one second before I retired. I was at, he was on the team, and, and, and from what I saw quickly and from what I've kind of heard and seen his AHL numbers, he's a bull. He runs around, he hammers guys, he's like a refrigerator on skates, but he can move and he's physical. I don't know if there's a ton of offensive upside there. Um, I'm thinking that in the NHL, he'd be a really good third liner. So when you look at trying to get, you know, a top four defenseman, you're willing to move a guy like that. And like R.A. said, the first round pick is late. So it's a, it's a great trade. I really think that, that Toronto wins this one as of right now. And before I throw it back over to you, R.A., and a $4 million cap hit, that for a guy who, who brings what he does as a defenseman, in today's NHL, he's getting paid like six in free agency, maybe even closer to seven. So uh, that's, as we mentioned, a great pickup. Uh, and, and I like the trade for L.A. too. Got it, got, I, I wouldn't say a total rebuild, but they, something, had to, something had to give. Yeah, I think that's the other part of the story here, Biz, is that the Kings are essentially waving the white flag in the season. Uh, fire sale is here. They're basically at the bottom of the standings. I, I, I think they know they're not going to get the playoffs this year. And I think this has been coming for a while. The, the Kings have been kind of slowly sinking to the bottom after a hell of a run. I mean, two cups, they got 12 and 14. They, you know, they were running the league for a while with Chicago. And, well, the Bruins only won one cup. But those three, four teams were dominating the league. But, you know, this is what happens. You, you, you're good for a while, and then you stink for a bit. So they're going to probably be selling a lot more parts. Uh, you know, Kyle Hagelin. Uh, Jeff Cotter, if he wants to get traded, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start selling off everybody. So, yeah, Toronto gives up a mid to late 20s pick, two mid-level prospects for a guy who's going to help their top pair for the next two cup runs, man. I mean, you could say both teams won the trade, but if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm doing fucking cartwheels. And, uh, boys, uh, uh, changing subjects here, um, I had a little note. As of Tuesday, both uh, New York Islanders goalies were in the top four as far as even strength save percentage. Uh, that's with a minimum of 20 games played. Uh, Leonard was first with a, a 9-4-0, and uh, Grice was fourth with a, a 9-3-0 save percentage. A uh, big reason why the Islanders are in first in their division, second in the conference. Uh, they've allowed the fewest amount of goals in the league this season at 122. And uh, the reason I, I brought that up is, is uh, today – um, on the Wednesday of us recording is Bell Let's Talk. And obviously it, it, it takes over the internet, especially for the hockey world. Uh, such a, an important issue. Uh, a, a, great, uh, a great job by Bell to get this, this going and, and creating the awareness. And Leonard has been pretty open about his, his personal struggles, his, his mental health and, and all of that. So he sent out a tweet. I retweeted it. He, he, you, know, he, you, you guys can go on the Twitter and, and read it. Um, Grinnell, even if you want to pull it up and you can read it after I'm done talking here, but, uh, great to see him doing well. And, and he clearly found peace. And, and, uh, I always liked, I, I, I'm a sucker for a comeback story. So, uh, congratulations to him and the Islanders and anyone else who's came out of a hole like that. I know, uh, darling who came on our podcast, uh, Scott darling is another guy who went through some stuff and, and ended up coming back and winning a cup. So Grinnell, do you have the tweet there? Yeah, he actually had two of them. Uh, his first was, there's no shame in asking for help. Learn from the past and don't be afraid of change. Have faith that things will get better. Hashtag Bell Let's Talk. Hashful Thankful. Hashtag D-I-F-D. And then he also tweeted, as a man with multiple mental, mental illnesses, I stand here today being able to do what I love with a great family. I'm, truly ha I'm a truly happy man with a great support system. Great psychiatrist and medicine and people to fall back on if I need to talk. Take the first step, Bell, let's talk. And then he had a picture of his kids there. Love it. So Ooh, congratulations yeah. to him, man. That's uh, who, 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 is it fucking, someone cutting onions in here? 
Good job, Biz, on mentioning that. That's Biz how. loves a good comeback. Normally, normally RA's the sentimental guy. Wit, you're great at it too. I'm not good at it, but actually, fuck, I'm. I think you're happy with that first cut there. I'm gonna. I'm a crier. Off. I'm a oh, big I'm, crier. I cry I'm at a, everything. Fucking, I'm a baby. I'm an emotional, emotional right. savage. Um, what else do you think we should talk about before we uh, toss it off to, to our first interview? Uh, another trade. This was a kind of a funny trade. Jamie Oleksiak, the Penn sent him back to Dallas uh, for the Stars' uh, fourth-round pick in 2019, which was funny because Pittsburgh traded for him last year, and that's what they traded Dallas, a fourth-round pick in 2019. So they got that pick back. Uh, that was only 13 months ago. I guess, I don't know if they, did, if they didn't like what they saw with him, but they sent them back to Dallas. Uh, interestingly, he's in the first year of a three-year, $6.4 million deal. Uh, he did break in the league with Dallas uh, about five, six years ago, had a cup of coffee with Pittsburgh, and they uh, sent them back. So I guess uh, not a minor trade, but a little bit of a housekeeping trade. Housekeeping trade, what's your take on it, uh, Wits? Well, it's like it never happened. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, Pittsburgh loses to Washington, and, and he's back, and they got the draft pick back. It's it's literally like nothing ever happened. Jamie Oleskiak, Oleskiak, just, a, just, a, just a, like a fart in the wind in Pittsburgh. See you later. Uh, yeah, exactly. Shout out to his sister, uh, unbelievable oh, world class swimmer. So oh, really, Canadian Olympian. Oh yeah, I think she wow. won a gold medal at the last Olympics last I summer. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's a stud. That's when like it, 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 you have two kids, right? Maybe maybe there's more kids in his family. One, you, you know, a son makes the NHL, daughter's an Olympic swimmer. It's like, what are the fucking chances of that? That's in, that's unreal. Good genes. Um, speaking of the Olympics, uh, let's go to U.S. gold medalist and the first woman to participate in the NHL All-Star Game Skills Competition, Kendall Coyne Schofield. This interview is brought to you by Herbal Active, the 100% hemp-based CBD product. We've been talking about it quite some time now. Uh, it helps me with my sleep. That's the level three drops that I use. It helps me with anxiety, the depression, some other things that you know we all go through. We all have our good days and bad, bad days. We know that. Uh, they also have CBD balm, great for muscles and joint pain. Um, you know, I told you guys about how I used it on my back when I when I herniated my disc a little bit uh, about a month ago. Uh, helped out big time. Um, they also have dog treats. Uh, they have mints for situational issues. We're going to give you a biz 20 promo code for 20% off. That's herbal active. U R B A L A C T I V. You can go to their Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can DM them on Instagram. You can message them on Twitter for any questions you have about maybe health concerns or, you know, you know what, what the, the product contains. They will answer that for you. Uh, if you live in Canada, they can ship there. Uh, it, it does take a little bit longer. So make sure you message them for all the details. That's Herbal Active. Follow them on social media. Ask them the questions. Uh, great product. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce our next guest. Uh, she's basically taken over the internet the last five days. Well, at least hockey, Twitter, and, and social media. Uh, she was born in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, she's a member of the U.S. Women's National Team. Also a member of the Minnesota Whitecaps of the NWHL. Uh, if she wasn't a household name already, that all changed on Friday night at the NHL All-Star Game when she competed in the skills competition. And uh, with a time of 14.346, had a crazy fast lap. Kendall, I was in attendance, and uh, I had goosebumps. So welcome to the podcast, Kendall Coyne Schofield. And it's been a pretty crazy five days for you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. It was, 
it was an electrifying night. It was a historic moment, uh, broke some barriers, and, uh, you know, here we are today. Um, just like describe the last five days. I'm sure your texts have been crazy. You'd be getting uh, tons of uh, tons of FaceTime on social media. I'm sure you've getting tons of requests to do media. So we appreciate your time here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, appreciate the support, but it has been it has been very exciting, very overwhelming, but all all positive stuff. And just to see some of the stories and um, you know some of the emails I've gotten about you know, how, you know, young people are inspired to, you know, accomplish big things. It's, it's been pretty cool. Um, I want to know how it all came about, like when you found out you're going to be competing in the skills competition and, and how you found out. Uh, so, yeah. So originally two weeks ago, uh, I found out I was going to the all-star weekend to, to take part with three other players, um, two Canadians and then Brianna Decker. And so um, I was going to be demoing the accuracy shooting. Um, and the day before when we got in, um, I got off a, about a five-hour flight and then got to the rink, and uh, Patrick Burke wanted me to just jump into the fastest skater, um, you know, course, uh, because we were just rehearsing, making sure everything was going to go as planned the next day at the actual competition. Um, and I ran a 14.226 that day, and, um, and then fast forward the next day, and um, Nathan McKinnon was unable to go. Um, and I think with the time that I had – done the day before and you know spot being open and me physically being there um it was just the right thing to do and I know a lot of hard conversations were had um in previous years to have women compete in the competition and um you know the time was right and everything just fell into place and um you know the avalanche tweeted at me would you fill in for uh, Nathan McKinnon and obviously it was a no-brainer and um so that's kind of how everything took place we got to the rink um and it was go time well, I know you got a few practice laps. You just mentioned that, but when, you know, in real time, how nervous were you before you started? Oh, I was pretty nervous. Um, you know, one of the coolest parts was I went on the ice for warm ups for about two minutes. And so everyone's shooting around and um, they, everyone was already on the ice. And I got a, I went to shoot and, you know, Henrik Lundqvist was in the net. And I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, we got off the ice, they cut the ice and, um, when we came back out, I was the first to go, first to start the show. And I went up to Connor McDavid. I'm like, are you nervous? And he's like, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And that made me feel better because I'm like, this guy's going to win this thing. And he's nervous, <laughs> you know? So, you know ex- exactly. Um, and, and I mean, it, it's not every day you get to do that type of course. I mean, even Hiskanen fell when he was going. So, I mean, I, I would be nervous if I had to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as soon as I got to the starting line, um, you know, the place just erupted. Um, you, you know, you were there. It was a completely full building, and um, the USA chant started going, and I was actually in my starting position. And then the, the USA chant started, and the ref was like, you have a few seconds. So I stood back up and just tried to take in the moment because it was, it was just so cool. Well, even afterward, that's when it, it, it went banana lands in that, that arena. Um, so one thing I noticed is as soon as you were finished, Pierre Maguire called you over and I saw you on the Jumbotron. I'm like, this girl needs some water. And, and did you have to do your interview before you even got a swig of water? Uh, I did. I, yeah, my mouth was a little bit dry. I think, you know, a combination of the skate and the nerves. And you oh, know, I think course. I said, I think in my, 
I said to Patrick Kane, I go, if I felt like this after every hockey shift, I don't think I could play hockey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's unreal. So then you, um, you just got hired by NBC to do actually the game tonight. We're recording on Wednesday. You're going to be uh, uh, giving your in-game analysis on the Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay game tonight, I believe, correct? Yep, that's correct. So is that obviously that came about afterward? Like, are you, are you excited for that opportunity? Have you ever done anything like that? Um, yeah, I'm extremely excited for the opportunity. Um, super excited to learn from, you know, John, Eddie, and Pierre tonight and just see the broadcast, um, you know, everything about the broadcast. And, um, you know, I've always had interest in broadcasting. I was a communications major at Northeastern. I did a little sideline reporting um, when I was there and had time when I wasn't playing. Um, and then, um, you know, it's just something I've always, you know, been interested in. And, you know, I'm so excited for this opportunity. Uh, they emailed uh, USA Hockey on Sunday night, and you know I opened the email and just was ecstatic. Yeah, that's all the a great opportunity, and uh, you know it'd be nice to implement some some female presence, of course, in the hockey analysis uh, aspect of the NHL. I didn't mention this in your introduction. I wanted to save it. Two, 2018 was an insane year for you, uh, especially winning mm-hmm. an Olympic gold medal. Uh, of course, we want you to talk about that. Just just take it easy as far as the, the final game against my, <laughs> my Canadians, okay? It's because he's Canadian. That's why he didn't mention it. <laughs> uh, you, you've won enough. Come on. <laughs> but it was, yeah, that moment was uh, spectacular. It's a moment that has been a long time coming for um, the United States and, you know, women's ice hockey. Uh, it was a 20-year drought. Um, and I think, you know, on the ice, um, I, you know, everyone, some people had their eyes open, some people had their eyes closed. Um, I was more of a half open, half closed kind of person, just waiting to hear the crowd noise to know if it was good or bad. Um, but you know, the second, you know, Maddie made that final save, it was just like, we did it. And, you know, being on the other side of things of losing, um, four years ago and knowing that feeling, um, you know, I felt for the Canadians, I know what they were going through, um, but, you know, I think the most special part, while, besides being on the ice, hearing your anthem, um, conquering your, your childhood dream was being able to come home and reach out to so many kids and inspiring them to reach their childhood dreams, um, you know, just as I did mine. So um, it's been, it was a pretty amazing year and um, that was top on the list for sure. And then that led to this crazy media tour. Uh, jealous of some of the people you got to meet. Uh, you guys went on Ellen. Uh, what was yep. it like beating her? Like, what, what's that like? Oh, that was so cool. I don't know if you saw the whole show, but she actually gifted us um, our jersey is, in, is hanging in her studio um, right alongside Drew Breeze's. So that was, that was really cool. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Jimmy Fallon, of course. Yep. Yeah, that was – I mean, just, you know, all these people, you know, reaching out and wanting to – to see us and hear from us. It was awesome. And it just shows the respect that our game is getting and, um, you know, the the respect it deserves and the reach we have, um, you know, it's just, we're going to keep going. And Friday night was another example of that. And so hopefully, you know, see while these moments are amazing and they're eye opening and so we want, you know, want you here, want you there. Hopefully it becomes a little bit more of a standard that, you know, Oh, that's normal. You know, women can skate that fast um, and not so much of a shock factor. And then after that, you guys ended up going to the ESPYs and uh, the U.S. Women's National Team won best game. And uh, that yeah. was another experience for you. Yeah, that one was really cool. And, um, you know, just there, there was an emotional, definitely an emotional 
um, day. You know, obviously all those sister survivors came out on the stage at the end. So it goes without saying, you know, you know, there's so much more to sport than just the game. And, um, you know, we were excited to be there, um, you know, in order in, in to win best game. I mean, that speaks volumes as to, you know, where the sport has come and, um, you know, how, how great, you know, of a sport it is. I mean, we don't, we don't vote. <laughs> um, did you end up meeting anyone else that you were excited to meet as far as athletes while you were there? Um, hmm. trying to think back. Um, gosh, we met so many athletes just trying to take it all in. Um, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't really, I mean, there were so many, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> Um, and then as if your summer wasn't busy enough, you ended up getting married. So congratulations. You, you married uh, Michael Schofield. He actually played, uh, well, he plays for the LA Chargers now, but he won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome moment for sure. So yeah, it's, it's, that was, that was definitely the highlight of my life so far was that July 7, 2018. So it was awesome to marry my best friend and you know obviously we're each other's biggest fans in sport and in life so too bad I be playing next week yeah, um, one so, and then obviously this year started uh kind of on the same path as last year uh now looking forward here uh you guys have a rivalry series with the canadians set up for uh february 12th 14th and 17th that's going to take place in london ontario toronto ontario and uh, Detroit, Michigan, it's a three-game series, uh, USA versus Canada. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, we're super excited for the opportunity. I don't know if you remember, but back in 2017, our team took a stance and uh, we boycotted our world championships until significant progress was made with our lawsuit with USA Hockey. Um, and obviously, we, we made progress. We came to terms. Uh, we played in the world championships. And I'm not just saying it's rub it in, but we did beat Canada on home soil which was an awesome moment for us. Um, but part of that negotiation was more programming. And to finally see it two years later, here we are, and we're getting three more games against Canada, um, you know, in, on awesome mar- stages and markets, London, Toronto, and then Detroit. Um, so we're so excited for the opportunity, excited to continue to push and grow the game and, um, you know, fill a season with a national team year. Because before we were only playing 10 games uh, with a Four Nations Cup and the World Championships. So now we're adding three more. Um, and I think we're only going to keep continuing to grow from here. Yeah. So a few more things to, uh, they haven't announced where it's going to be on television or where it's going to air. Uh, some, some bad news for Canadians. Uh, U.S. and Canada have met in every major international final since Sochi. Uh, eight out of 10 have been won by the United States. So you guys are on a bit of a heater right now. Um, and uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you mentioned you're a two-time Olympic medalist, one gold, one silver, a five-time world champion. Uh, also, I was asked to ask you about uh, hashtag pay Decker. Yeah, well, essentially, how do you feel about that? She beat, she, she won the competition, and you know, a lot of people right now are saying that she deserves to get paid. I know CCM has stepped up saying they'll pay her, but you know, what are your thoughts on all that? Do, do you think from square one, the NHL should have paid her the, the original, what, what was it, $25,000 or so? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I understand, you know, she was demonstrating the drill, so obviously, um, you know, the legalities of the situation. Technically, she wasn't in the competition, um, but I think with, with CCM stepping up, um, you know, and paying her, it just shows, you know, they they did the right thing, and um, you know, I was happy uh, she got paid, um, and you know, CCM, you know, did the right thing. Um, but I also think it speaks volumes to our game, right? We people always say the speed and the skill isn't as good, 
Um, you know, I think I took down the speed and I think she took down the skill and showcased it on the highest level. So, you know, I think it only opens the doors for next year, showing that, you know, women can compete in, you know, in the event. Um, you know, I was the only one to actually compete. Um, and I understood, you know, the ramifications that came with me competing. Um, and I think she understood the ramifications with her demoing. Um, so I understand the NHL stance, but, um, you know, I think it opens the doors for the future saying, look, you know, Hillary and I got, I think, third or fourth last year and the accuracy shooting. So we've just checked three boxes right there. <laughs> Out of everyone on the that USA women's hockey team, who do you think would dominate a certain skills competition the most? Um, you know, I think we have someone who could fill every, you know, every skill. Like, um, like the Lambert you know, sisters, like, like they could, they would dominate the breakaways. Yeah, I would put them in the breakaways for sure. Um, you have, I, I would obviously, I put Niter right back into accuracy shooting. I mean, she proved herself last year. Um, you know, Kessel did the uh, stick handling one and did it awesome last year as well. Um, I think Bozak would probably be hard to shot. Um, you can take any one of our goaltenders for the save streak. Um, what am I forgetting? Am I forgetting any? We kind of put skills? you on the spot a little yeah, bit there. Well, Grinnell did. Grinnell likes to grill our guests. I'm, I'm a little easier on you guys. Yeah, but at, at the same time, I'm like, you can take anyone and, you know, they'll, they'll shine. I think that's what, that's what was so hard for me is there was just only one teammate there. I wish all 22 of my teammates could have been there that weekend because it was just a phenomenal weekend and, um, you know, so much support and, you know, I hope everyone gets the opportunity to be a part of an NHL All-Star weekend. Another thing we forgot to mention is Kendall won the Patty Kazmaier Memorial Award, which is the Hobie Baker uh, for female hockey players in, in university at, uh, at Northeastern University. That's pretty special. Yeah, that was a really special moment. And, um, you know, definitely one of the highlights of my career, but, you know, it's an individual award and, you know, it's not, not possible without my teammates, my coaches, um, you know, and, and the Northeastern community supporting me, you know, throughout my entire journey. Um, you know, I loved my time at Northeastern and, you know, definitely prepared me for life, life after college. Well, Kendall, we thank you for coming on. Uh, half of my notes here are just like awards and accomplishments you've had. Obviously you've already had a great career. We wish you the best, uh, especially, uh, doing uh, the in-game analysis tonight against uh, Pittsburgh and uh, – who is it? Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Yeah, who do you have winning? Oh, I, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I'm a, I'm a Sidney Crosby fanboy. Uh, I played with Sid for uh, – I was on, actually on the same line for about six seconds with him, and uh, it was, it, that was a special <laughs> moment for me. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for all the support and supporting women's hockey and uh, – you know, we're excited for the future. Of course. Thank you for coming on and, and uh, best of luck. Take it easy on my Canadians. All right. <laughs> we'll see. All right. See ya. That interview was also brought to you by Quip. The new year means new resolutions and we've got one you're working on twice every day. It's your oral health. And with a Quip electric toothbrush, sticking to good habits is simple. The guiding features are like a built-in support system for better brushing. I've been on the Quip for ages now. I talk about it every week. I love the sensitive sonic vibrations. It's a nice, effective clean that's gentle on my sensitive gums because my gums are super sensitive. Also has the built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to let you know to flip it over because most people don't brush their teeth for the full two minutes. But with Quip, it gives you the heads up, boom, flip it over, do it. 
you're done, all right? The brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, a friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. Because 75% of us are using old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective. Quip is also one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. I'm a big fan of Quip because, again, I don't like using those old crusty toothbrushes that they give you at the dentist or even at the drugstore. Quip is way better than that. I'm a big fan of it, and there's over a million happy, healthy mouths that agree with me. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash chicklets right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash chicklets. Once again, big thank you to Kendall Coyne Schofield. And once again, guys, uh, that rivalry series, it's a three-game series, U.S. versus Canada. The first game is going to be in London on the 12th of February, second game in Toronto on the 14th of February, and then uh, they're going to wrap things up in Detroit on the 17th of February. So uh, I'm hoping that goes three, and Canada needs a win desperately. Uh, They've been struggling in that head-to-head matchup as of late. Uh, We don't need to get into it, just positive vibes for Canada. (laughs) And uh, Spit and Chicklets account tomorrow uh, on Twitter will be posting the links where you can buy tickets to this. Go out support the ladies uh and they haven't announced yet where it's going to be uh, televised so let's hope uh let's hope that uh, they sell that place out and, and then they're able to post it on tele- television uh i t- i wait i i t- i mentioned it in her interview uh u.s and canada have met in every major international final since sochi uh u.s has won eight out of the ten so i mean you guys, you what's guys are going on up north biz on what's going on up north Boys, we also got to give a quick shout out to CCM for paying Brianna Decker. Uh, for those who don't know, people were mad online about Brianna Decker uh, not getting any prize money for the NHL after recording fastest time in the premier passing contest. Her time of one minute and six seconds beat the winner, Leon Dreisaitl, by three seconds. His time was one minute and nine seconds. So real quick, just wanted to say classy move by CCM. Uh, to reach out to Brianna Decker and offer to pay her the 25K she should have won. So, uh, yeah, great move by CCM. little other update on the uh, Tammy Panarin situation. He told the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, that he will not be discussing his future anymore until the season is done. Uh, Which his, means he's gone. Yeah, oh God, yeah. His agent said, uh, we have informed the team that we are willing to discuss uh, Tammy's future after the season. Our uh, priority now is to focus on the rest of the season, trying to win a Stanley Cup for the Columbus Blue Jackets and their fans. In turn, uh, Columbus GM Yamo Kikalainen said that basically, you know, he has a bar that for what he wants for a Panarin trade. If people meet it, he'll make the deal. If they don't, he won't. Uh, I can't imagine he doesn't trade a guy. I, I don't see what benefit that would help the team at all. We started play out in the island last year with John Tavares. It, it didn't behoove them at all to keep them. Uh, they did. They got nothing for him. So, yeah, I think Panarin's as good as gone in this situation. Yeah, and Columbus, um, if you remember last year, at the time, Jack Johnson wasn't really even playing. He was in and out of the lineup, and they wanted a first-round pick for him, and they didn't get it, and they didn't trade him. So it's it's uh, we've talked about this uh, a lot, but – I, I don't know how you go about making the decision. I would say Kekalainen. Kekalainen, am I saying it right? I've heard it pronounced Kekalainen and Kekalainen. I know when he played it was Kekalainen. I've heard it Kekalainen. Okay. We're not the name guys. Kekalainen, we're not the name guys. He's, he's got the toughest job, I feel like, right now of any GM. Uh, uh, because 
do you try to win the cup? He has to really look and figure out, do I think this team can win the Stanley Cup? And if he does, he's not going to trade him. And if he doesn't, he has to, like you're saying, Rear. So um, also what, what kind of happened in the past few days is I think people noticed that Panarin liked an old Instagram picture of him and Patrick Kane, like randomly. I think it was on his account. This is like dude. NBA type shit. Well, I know, but like, dude, I don't know. That's what people are talking about. We're a podcast, chat it up, get some mm-hmm. drama going. Uh Hopefully we don't end up like the NBA, but still, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he wants to go back to Chicago. I think I think he loved it there. Him and Kane were dynamic, and it's it's a, an incredible city, as we learned on New Year's Eve. So um, where he ends up is the question, but but I think that this summer he's going to have the, the Tavares treatment. Uh, I'm going to chime in here. Uh, obviously, they're going to trade him, and you think it- definite. Uh, oh, definite. And, and here's, here, here's why I would as a GM. And here's where your biggest question mark is, is what you're going to do with Bobrovsky. Now, I don't know if he's in the same boat where he doesn't want to talk contract until the season's over, which once again tells me he wants to get out of town. But you, that they, they have the pieces in place. I don't think Panarin's coming back, and that's evident. Get a couple good players for him in return and players that – not draft picks – Get a couple players that you're going to be able to insert in your lineup and make somewhat of a, a, an impact. Obviously, you're not going to get back a first liner. A couple, maybe a couple, one second, one third, guys that could fill holes. They have Atkinson signed for six more years after this year at a $5.9 million average. He's an all-star. He's got 28 goals. You, you, you got a star. Then you got Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's a first-line center. Beast. I I, I, I talked to Jody Shelley and I said, hey, it, it, does, does Panarin, is he the heartbeat of the line? He goes, no, man, everyone brings their own weight. He said, he said Dubois is the glue. He's a number one. See, most franchises, when they get their number one center, they're over the moon. They're like, we, we at least got a guy. Okay, well, then you look at their back end. Now I see them similarly built to, uh, to Nashville, where their strength is going to be their back end. They have, they have Basically, two two number one defensemen in Warinsky and Seth Jones. Seth Jones, another guy who was at the All Star game. You, I mean, look at Toronto. They they've been begging for one. I mean, they got Morgan Riley, but but Columbus has two who I think you know are would probably be considered maybe more talented. I don't want to go down that road. Whatever, let's call it a wash. That's why I say your biggest question mark is Bobrovsky, and if you can bring him back and sign him, or do you even want to? He's thirty years old. He's had some injury issues. You're going to have to fucking pay him top dollar, but you also don't want to have a solid team and then have your goaltender be a liability that way in, in your core years here moving forward because they still got Seth Jones to a pretty, pretty good deal too here up into uh, 2022. Wierenski's probably going to make, I would guess, seven just because of you know he's got, he's got them by the balls. He's a fucking number one D, and, uh, and, and he's coming out of his entry level. So – uh, unless he's already signed, am I mistaken here? Uh, who? Warensky? Warensky. I'm I, I'm positive he's up for contract this summer, and he's gonna get a and he's gonna get a big one. That would be my assumption. Anyway, uh, they got the pieces. This is not your year. Get rid of them. Get some assets, and and I would say I would say two to three years is going to be their, their – that's their window. That's going to be their time. They're just going to have to replace Bobrovsky. And, and once again, that might just open up more salary cap to bring guys in. And now it's – I mean, Columbus isn't the 
the most attractive free agency place. But, hey, if they got the money, they're going to be able to pay some guys and they have add some pieces. That's just my opinion on the whole situation. And uh, Panarin is the type of player that, I mean, you grab him. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm living in Boston, but imagine if the Bruins added Artemi Panarin. Holy shit. I mean, just a scoring, a true number one right wing. And they already have one in Pasternak. So a lot of teams are looking. A lot of teams that want to win the Stanley Cup, that, 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 that's going to be their guy. You know, maybe, maybe they don't get him, and then they go to Wayne Simmons, but Panarin is the number one guy. And also, shout out just quickly, uh, we're talking Seth Jones, beast. I love that kid's game, future Norris Trophy winner. Let's give a little shout out to Bugsy Malone when he was trying to describe his game to me at the All-Star game, calling him Seth Myers for five minutes. So who the fuck are you talking about, Bugsy? He's like, you're the guy in Columbus, <laughs> Seth Myers. I go, Seth Jones. He's like, oh, shit. Myers guy the program from TV. <laughs> oh, he's a fucking piece of work. I miss him. Another guy I forgot to mention was Josh Anderson as well. He's an up and comer, can contribute. So they got some guys. Yeah, I, I don't envy Yamo Kikalainen in his position. And I'd be surprised if he does go to Chicago, which just because they already have the big tickets with Taves and Kane and you know Panarin's gonna be commanding some good money. But whoever I gets him he'd love to though. It's going to be a huge addition. And just one comment on the likes with Twitter. And I, I think that that's probably a word that they, they should use another word for it. Because when people like something, people assume that that person actually dictionary definition likes what they're tweeting. A lot of times, like me and Biss said, we're just bookmarking it or saving it for something let it later. You don't actually like the thing. It was Instagram. Like, same, well, same, same thing. Oh, speaking of likes before we send it off to Dustin Penner, uh, I liked um, a video that was posted, and this thing is sick and twisted, but I had to like it for followers to go back in my likes to see it. It's this kid at like a lake uh, jumping off a dock, and in the midst of doing it, he lets this shit come out. I saw that. This oh thing, my like, God. This, this shit must have been two, two feet long. Mesmerizing. It, it's mesmerizing. So I like the I video. There's probably some people are like, this guy's it. a sick puppy, but – Man, if like if you have a sick sense of humor, go in my likes. It's probably like thirty likes down by now because I was liking all those Bell Let Talks, uh, Let's Talk, and and some other stuff. I, I call shenanigans on that video, but I, Biz, I don't know if that thing's real. Oh, really? Well, either way, just go read the comments underneath it too. There was one guy where it was coming out. Uh, one guy paused it and he's like the Pink Panther because it looked like the Pink Panther tail coming out of his arse. Basically, just oh. to let people know, it's a guy diving into a, a like a lake, but it's it's played in reverse. But as he dives, he shits himself. So when the, when the tape plays in reverse, you see the shit going back into his cornhole as the tape plays. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but it's actually fucking mesmerizing to watch. It is mesmerizing. We're sick puppies, though, so why don't we send it off to Dustin Penner right now? On that note, Uh, speaking of deuces. (laughs) Yeah, he's a a treat. We actually got him over the phone, though, R.A. We didn't get him live uh, before you got in there into, uh, where were we, Venice? Venice, yeah. Penner Penner doesn't hold back, man. He doesn't give a shit. So I hope you guys like the interview, and uh, we'll talk to you after. This interview is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Relationship tip number one. It's not going to truly feel like Valentine's unless there's a surprise bouquet of roses involved. And this season, the biggest and brightest roses are only found at 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, when you order early, 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on vibrant and romantic Valentine's rose bouquets, arrangements, and more, starting at just $29.99. There are so many unbelievable deals from 1-800-Flowers, but you have to hurry. Telling you guys. All guys do this. They blow it. They wait till the last second every year. Get on this stuff now if you haven't used it. I use 1-800-Flowers every year. They bail me out all the time with my old lady. You should do the same thing. It's simple. It's great. 
The old ladies love it. Okay, roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak and chipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. Gorgeous Valentine's bouquets and arrangements starting at $29.99 is an amazing deal, but it won't last long because the price is going to go up soon. So take advantage today. Pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's, I don't settle for anything less for my old lady, and you shouldn't either. 1-800-Flowers.com. To order Valentine's bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code CHICKLETS. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code CHICKLETS. Screw this. We're not, we're not even going to do an intro. We're just going to just roll right into the interview. Obviously, this is Dustin Penner, uh, famous for uh, scoring a very controversial goal in the conference finals against the Arizona Coyotes that sent them on to the Stanley Cup final uh, after Dustin Brown had need uh, Michael Roosevelt. And there's, there should be an asterisk next to that banner. And, and Penner should have one less cup ring, and I should have one more on my finger. So, uh, Dustin Penner, welcome to the Spit and Chickens podcast. Uh, I mean, thank you for having me. Have you been down to Boston University? I hear they're doing some great work on concussions. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Don't, hey, don't say that. Carcillo's going to come after you. No, speaking of that, speaking of that, I, don't, I haven't recovered from the one Penner gave me when we fought in college and he ripped my helmet off and slammed my head against the boards. <laughs> Thanks, Pens. I mean, oh, college? Pens went to college? Pens went to Maine, yeah. dude. He couldn't even spell it. He got in there. <laughs> That was another national championship game. How'd you do it? <laughs> hey, Pens, Pens, how the hell, tell people, how did you even get, like, found for B, like, for Maine? Like, what, what were you even doing? You weren't even on a rate. There was no radar to find you. What was that uh, reality hockey show, Making the Team or something in Canada? No, I thought it was, like, a figure make, make, one. No, make, Making the Cut, I think. <laughs> you guys don't remember that? You guys don't watch enough reality TV. No, not Canadian reality TV. Well, Biz should have watched it, but he was probably I watched it. Well, well, thanks for helping me out. I've been getting in trouble for interrupting our guests, so I, I was just trying to wait till you guys finish talking, and, 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 then, and then I like to chime in. So people – I don't know if you've been on uh, social media – anytime lately, but people like to shit on people for everything. So I get tortured online. And uh, so, yeah, there's my sob do? story. What? I said, you still do? Oh, yeah. I'm just like my ugly nose, my fucking ugly dick, my awful haircut, apparently, according to Ryan Reeves. Just, I just get torched. What have you been up to lately, Pence? What are you doing now? Just, just waiting for the uh, world to end. <laughs> yeah, Pez, I, fig- I figured you were. I mean, like, how many? Co- what are the conspiracy theories you got for us right now? You got to be just ripping through a couple on like Reddit and stuff. Uh, man, these last four years, I don't wish that upon anyone. I really? re- pretty much went through the. I pretty much went through the whole YouTube catalog. It <laughs> looks like uh, it looks like uh, it looks like outtakes from Beautiful Minds in this house. <laughs> oh, are you doing drawings <laughs> and stuff? <laughs> Trying to figure shit out. But I'll answer your first question. Uh, where I came from was just a small town in Winkler, Manitoba. And I didn't make any of a, you probably don't know where, but I guess it'd be like the USHL. And I got cut three years in a row for my hometown junior hockey team, uh, a team that Brett Caron played for, Eddie Bell for, uh, Eric Fair. But I wasn't good enough to make those teams. So they walked onto a junior college team in Botano, North Dakota, which had a, a mall called Tamida, which is like a rundown Walmart. So it was a very small town. 
I played there for two years and broke my femur the first year on, on the back check. So I was already a really good defensive player in college. <laughs> and uh, this was only a two-year school. I played the next year, and we didn't have a league. I think we actually played against Shattuck St. Mary's Prep. I played against Parisi and Stafford and whoever else was on that team. They just fucking lit us up. And then uh, I had nowhere else to play, so I went to a last chance camp in Saskatoon in the summer. I was either getting picked up there, going to play for the Flintflon Bombers. And I uh, got picked up by Maine, redshirted my first year, played one year, took the boys to the national championship, and then signed with the Ducks. <laughs> Easy, game. <laughs> Easy game up in Orono. What the hell what yeah. did you do the year you redshirted when you couldn't do anything? Like, what, what the right. fuck did Dustin Penner do that year? <laughs> I learned how to play cribbage, Mario Golf, and drink a case of uh, Natty Light every night. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's, like, that's like a course at Maine. <laughs> it is, it is. You get a credit for that? Yeah. Mario Kart and booze? Yeah. Two credits? Sad and plagiarizing. <laughs> oh, fuck. And All, then right. I, uh, All right, yeah. so then, then you go. Right? What would you play? One year in the minors? Oh, I played that lockout year. Oh yeah, fuck that league was good then. You guys had a oh, fun team, man. You guys, you were in Cincinnati, and uh, there was some fucking uh, Joffrey Lupo was there. Pa Parento, uh, Shane, Shane O'Brien. I've heard of him. Obi. Yeah, Mark Popovic, Tim Brent, Mike, Michael Holmquist. Hey, was Brookbank? Yeah. Was Brookie there yeah. then? Sheldon Brookbank. Wow. So what was that? You're like that must have been a good time. Uh, well, our captain was Casey Ankinson. I don't know if you know that name. Minnesota kid, I think, right? Yeah, right. Looked like Tom Brady. <laughs> really? And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, just, uh, it was an unbelievable year, especially playing in Cincinnati. It was either I had a choice when I left college. I had a few teams knocking down my door. Well, and that door was in a government housing with uh, – I think I was either a prostitute or hooker living beside us. We lived off campus in just this shithole. And I remember getting a phone calls on the landline. I kept on saying Newport Sports Management. I thought a cigarette company was soliciting me, so I never picked up. And I guess it was Don Mia. And uh, I'm going to Bagley. And went to Cincinnati instead of Albany. And I think we lost to Chicago in the conference finals. And the next year, I was up and down a bit between Portland and Anaheim. And then I guess the guys uh, went to conference finals, so they've kept me up the whole, the whole time the next year so we could win the Cup. Hey, I was, uh, I was playing with Wilkes-Bear at the time where we played you guys in the, the conference finals when you were in Portland. And uh, I, be- I believe, was that the year that they sent uh, – or no, the big boys actually went up top, like uh, Corey Perry and um, – and Ryan Getzloff had already like made the NHL. But they went yeah. back for Game Seven or something, I think, didn't they? I, well, I, I got I got called up for uh, the playoffs, and then we lost to Edmonton when Pronger was a god amongst men. Yeah. And then uh, we got called down or sent back down for I think like Game Seven against Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, we ended up beating you guys. We, we went to the finals that year against Chicago, but uh, you were obviously a dominant player and. Yeah. And after that, we, I think everyone knew it's like this guy's now an NHLer. Yeah, I think uh, well, it was a big year for me. Um, I, I guess I finally learned how to skate because that was uh, the knock against me. Like, where did this guy come from? I remember my first rookie camp and 
Kip Brennan, George Carlson taught the door, kept on eyeing me up like there was something on my face. You're like, no, this is that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask Ryan Whitney. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> Unless it's Whitney coming knocking, I'm not. I'm not answering. <laughs> oh, um, shit. My first fight actually was uh, against George Peros. Oh wow! How'd that yeah. go? Uh, I just uh, ragdolled him. Yeah, Pens, you're fucking. What are you? you were, when <laughs> no. We were in Edmonton, or actually, you're. I mean, what were you? Two. You were playing at two fifty. Yeah, I think so. Depends. It depends on if I had the extra sauce and the pasta for pregame or not. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really rag. Peros's center of gravity was a little higher at the beginning of his career than towards the end. I don't know if uh, you could probably attest to his biz when uh, Peros switched that into it. He was. A little light on his feet just because he was so tall. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, by the time I got in the league, uh, he was. He he'd figured out the balance situation. He, I'll say this. Oh, yeah. He wasn't like a guy <laughs> I, fe- I feared fighting. He was just a smart fighter. Knew he had to do it. He was big, strong. Yeah. Like like I would I would fight uh, Peros every game as opposed to fighting like like a Colt Nor twenty times. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. You used to pick your spots. Fuck you. He <laughs> set himself up for that one. No, you, anyone listening? No, because if you say something on this podcast, the fans run with it. I've been labeled as a cheap, a cheap guy where, like, ask around. Hey, I pick man, up meals I'll just, Fizz, Fizz, I'll just spell that right now. I remember after uh, summer, we hung out for a night or two in Vegas. And I didn't really know you, but you had hung out at my table and then we played you in the beginning of the season and I was skating close to the red line and so were you and you kind of looked at me and I was like, oh, fuck. And you went, hey, really appreciate uh, this summer hanging out. And I was like, wow, what a classy guy. Hopefully you still don't want to fight me. <laughs> but yeah, I was really impressed. Not too many people say thanks. I don't think Wit has yet. Oh, what, what should I say? Thank you. Turn it around. I'm what, what I, the only thing that I owe you for is when we were walking out to the, the Edmonton arena, the first time I was playing at home game, and you go get ready to be verbally assaulted. Like you could never <laughs> imagine before. No, like, no one, no one knows. I was talking actually uh, in a couple of lawsuits right now. I have to go do a deposition tomorrow. It's like me and my lawyer versus 10 other lawyers. And my lawyer is like prepping me. They're going to rip you apart. I'm like, hey, I played for three and a half years in Edmonton. This will be a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> you think I can't get chirped by a couple people in court? I have to walk to and from every period through a, a cauldron of 500 Oilers fans who were drunk and hated my guts. <laughs> to this day, I believe Mac T would start me so that he could hear the fans go when the announcer would give my name. Starting at left wing, number 27, Dustin. Boo! Center! <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, but like, what, what? Dude, you were good in Edmonton. For one year, you had 30 every year. Just a, a really good player. Was it because of the offer sheet? Like, what, what doomed you from the start, basically, there? Yeah, it was the offer sheet, I think. They put, it's, uh, they put me behind the eight ball, bed, I'd say. Yes. And uh, they had just coming, uh, coming off that, I think, that loss. No, it wasn't a lot. They had they had two years removed from that Stanley Cup run where they lost to Carolina, and they kind of fell apart after that. And then I think Lupo left Pronger, went the other way to Anaheim, or he had come for us to win the Cup there. So the team was falling apart, and then I went up there in an offer sheet, 
and I think Lupo was just leaving from there. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you, know, you know how it is in Edmonton, like they can't wait to get their hands on you. Like they start taking a full page ad with your, everybody's face, like trade them, take them out into the woods, send them to the miners. You know, those would be the uh, articles in the paper every day. Hey, Pence, wow, what was the funniest thing you heard as far as a chirp from one of the fans while you were walking from the dressing room to the ice uh, in that, like, uh, that, little, that little entranceway they had where the fans could basically have their hands at the players? Uh, there was quite a few of them. I heard uh, – <laughs> I think Marty Reesner got it pretty good. He was wearing the uh, A1 game, and they go, hey, Reesner, what's that A stand for? AHL? <laughs> <laughs> You're the assistant captain of an NHL team walking out. <laughs> Get owned. Just, you just put your head down and just everybody, just penguin walk as fast as they could. <laughs> well, guys would be sprinting by, sprinting by, like, by by one another. There there was cement. You basically run on cement just to get in the locker room faster. <laughs> it was like Game of Thrones. Everybody yelling shame. <laughs> no, hey, you dude, as the period <laughs> ended, no, as the games ended, the fans used to be like, let's go, go, go. And they'd be sprinting just to beat us. <laughs> Hey, were you were you there when, when uh, well, we were dead last pretty much every year I was there. But uh, one of the years we were losing at home 9-2 to Chicago. And the, our own fans started going, we want 10. We want 10. That was, that was another moment that I'll never forget. And then probably the best trip biz that I had was after one of the games, I drove the 35 minutes up to Tooele Girl where I lived across the street from Matt Green. And, you know, got home, took off my suit, got back in the truck and went to the grocery store to get some comfort food. And as I was uh, standing there by the uh, cashier, the girl was probably, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, someone there. She looked younger, maybe was just premature at birth. But she was scanning my groceries slowly, looking up intermittently. And she kind of looked like, you're that uh, Dustin Penner, aren't you? And I went, yeah. She goes, I might be the only person in my family that likes you. Jesus Christ. You can't <laughs> go anywhere in Edmonton without getting <laughs> you if you're even they're even chirping Connor McDavid. No. No, yeah, no. Last year, those guys at the mo- uh, the movie theater when he was yeah, in his parents. Those guys and, were goons though. Well, I'm, like, well I'm still, I mean, Christ, they should be kissing his feet. He's the savior. Um uh Penn's, so overall experience yeah. in Edmonton, uh awesome. Uh good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> People who listen to this podcast, I think we rag on Edmonton all the time and been seeing some tweets about it recently. And, and like, people are like, yo, you guys need to stop ripping on Edmonton. We're not really ripping. We're just calling how we see it. Right. It's, it's a tough place to play. And even like you said, no, I didn't know that, but David is getting ripped on. And what maybe some other people don't know is, you know, there's no shame in some of the people up there. I remember when Matt Green broke his ankle, and me and him went down one night to White Ave. And he was in crow. He had crutches. So we went in, had a couple of pints. And then when we were sober enough to drive, we cr- he crutched his way back up to the truck. And I walked beside him. And we were just getting peppered by a group of guys that wanted to fight us. Just chirping us all the way, just trying to goad us into a fight. And I just couldn't believe it. And there's no... There's no limit to what they'll do there, but it, it made you a tougher player. I'd say that for sure. So when I remember the year I got hurt, I missed the rest of the year. 
that was when you got traded. What was that deal for for L.A.? What are your initial reactions right then? Like, holy fuck, I won a cup with Anaheim. L.A. is good. Like, give me, give me, go, give me what, th- what went through your head when you got that news. Who called you? Uh, uh, Tam Tambellini? Um, oh, yeah, he was uh, – I think he called me. Oh, was he, there? Was he not thought, there anymore? He might not have been he was, there. He was, no, he, he was. He was. Yeah. But, but I remember getting a call from Dean Lombardi. But it was uh, it was nice to you know get out on uh, get out early on good behavior from up there and head down to LA. <laughs> oh man, hey, you haven't lost your edge, buddy. You still got that sense of humor. You are you fucking crazy? Were you fear mongering? Were you living in a cave now? Are you, yeah. You what's your day to day? What's your day to day? You know well, how many people are probably uh, wondering what you're doing day to day. Well, not much. <laughs> so I, I, bought, I, bought a, I bought a new house, and the house that I bought, the person I bought it from lied. And when it came to checking off, did it have a previous black mold? He said no. And then as I was renovating it, the guys were like, a lot of black mold in here. I was, Pardon me. And so I remediated about 100 grand of it. And eventually I stopped because I had to stop you know, following money to see if I could get any back. So it's been three years. I'm having to sue about eight different entities. And then I just got an email the other day from, I think it was a PA that uh, I'm in a worker's comp lawsuit as well because I broke my neck in Washington. So I got to get that taken care of. So it's this black mold, is, I guess, uh, pretty serious. The results from the lab, the doctors looked up to me and said, how are you still walking? Oh, so it hasn't, yeah. So it's been pretty low key. How 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 did that happen? Well, I guess condensation in the walls not properly built. But it, it happens a lot down here, where they just. They I think, I think he was asking about your. I meant your neck, not the black oh. mold in your house. <laughs> <Fucking idiots. laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Some ants got in there, and left a little. <laughs> little present for us and that's what started it oh it would happen probably i don't know eight weeks or six weeks left in the season it was the day after we played the kings in washington and went to the rink and you know you get in the gym and i couldn't push anything with my left arm it felt like you know if i was doing a push-up it felt like being on the you know the weight bench with 135 on one side and nothing on the other side and then uh, I went to the trainer, and they said, ah, probably just a brachial plexus nerve. I said, all right. You must think I'm Yoni Pickenin. <laughs> Sorry, Yoni. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I went on the ice, and I couldn't shoot. I couldn't handle the puck. There was just no feeling in my left arm and right leg. So, the, the, you know, I played my whole career like, like that. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was back in Winkler. Yeah, I, for some reason I started reshaping my nose. That's a joke. It's a joke at you, Biz. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> I've been getting it a lot okay. lately. Yeah. I, anyway, so I played for a couple more weeks, and Adam Oates was our coach at the time, and he's a great guy. But he's just like, "Fuck, Pens, what's going on?" I'm like, I, "I told you, I can't feel my left arm and my right leg." So they kept putting me down the lineup until they finally let me get a second opinion because. You know, well, you guys know they're kind of they kind of drag their feet 
on uh, getting second opinions because they don't think it's as bad as you want it to be. And I didn't want it to be that bad, but I went and got a second opinion. And the doctor came back and said, oh, your neck's cracked in two spots in C6 and C7 vertebrae. I'm like, oh. What? I guess this, yeah. Hey, whoops. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, whoops. Yeah, we actually didn't take an x-ray. Uh, we just kind of thought we'd rub some deep cold on it. You'd be all right to go. We sprayed it with yeah. some of that stuff. That stuff should help it, though. Don't worry. You get back out there. Well, yeah, they, they made me play some more. <laughs> Seriously. So how the hell is that still going on? Wasn't that in, like, 2015? Yeah, that, that's the legal system at work. Holy shit, Pence. Uh, Pence, let's get to the, the brighter times. Let's talk about your time yeah. in LA when you ended up winning your second cup, you fucking Debbie Downer. When you guys asked. Hey, who hate, yeah, who, hate, who, who disliked you more, Randy or Daryl Sutter? Oh, Daryl loved me. Oh, really? When you say that, yeah. <laughs> Rob Scuderi said, said you guys had a love-hate. Well, yeah, is that how it's supposed to go, or is it just me? <laughs> yeah, that's very bad. That's a valid point. <laughs> that is a valid point right there. I think love hates perfect if you're going to describe a coach and a player's relationship. Yeah, I fucking I love Sutter. You just you, you saw his interviews. Oh, or did you not? No, like is it always that dry though? Like his his sense of humor is just like it's all about the presentation too. Biz has said that before. Yeah, he. Uh, I I really enjoyed him. I mean. Obviously, there's no perfect coach, but I didn't have a problem with him. Like, like, would you guys like leave the rink and like talk about some of his epic ones when you would come in and like spit on the floor and and just like rip wires out of the wall and like what was his yeah, most that was... iconic? We asked Skidari this question. What was his most iconic one? I uh, I really enjoyed. I think it was in the playoffs. I think for second or third round, and he came in. and after the first or second admission, just, you know, like like a horse just breathing through his nose, trying to find the words. And he couldn't really, so he kind of tripped on one of the camera cords because they were in there uh, filming us. And he turned around and got so mad, he, he tried ripping the cords of the wall, but couldn't. It was like a scene from a sitcom. And with every pull, the guy started snickering. And that was probably one of my favorite, favorite moments. Jesus, dude. I, I, I can't, like, how do you not laugh out loud at shit? Like, you, you, you could never hold in a laughter. Do you actually remember? No, I, Go ahead. No, I, well, yeah, like, Edmonton, I remember when Mac T, were you there when he ripped me in front of the boys train? Uh, yep. During the, uh, yeah. Some, he's like, uh, 250 pounds of chicken shit. You probably don't have a mean bone in your body. And I said, well, I got one. Like, what does he even say back to that? <laughs> he got outwitted. He got outwitted. Yeah. Second. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't keep a straight face. That, it's like, it's like uh, kind of like when I used to get spanked by my dad, and then I put a pill in there and tricked him, and then you, you laugh, and he realized you got him, and then you realize he still has his belt. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm still fucking. <laughs> yeah. Were you there? It the was time? worth it. Were you there the time that Kevin Lowe was trying to give the speech about? like JFK describing it's not what one man can it's not what you can do for you or what you know that quote well he couldn't get it right yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph Kruger yeah. remember Ralph Kruger had to finish it for him <laughs> I don't remember that I was probably zoned out 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure but you I, zoned out. I, I remember when Kevin Mo took me for dinner, for lunch, I think, at uh, that fancy Richmond Hotel. Anyway, it was my second year, and they were trying to give me a pep talk early on in the season. And I just vaguely remember him saying, you know, like, you remind me of like a, a young Bobby Tolbert. You know, and then I, that was the second year I knew that I was fucked. Bobby, Bobby was like Bob Prober? <laughs> Pardon? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I Do guess he was referring to the year he had a bunch of points there. But I'm like, I don't, do you guys know who you gave an offer sheet to? <laughs> well, probably not because that boys club ain't <laughs> fucking doing any scouting. They're just going out and having a good time. <laughs> it's it, like, I, 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 I love my time there, but. I remember one year, I think there was 11 first-round draft picks on the team. And we didn't even sniff the front door of the playoffs. Yeah, they're overrated. I was a fourth-rounder. I had my my guy. (laughs) You were were hobbling around on one wheel, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, one and a half wheels (laughs) the whole time. Just getting tortured. Pens, uh, there was a big social media uh, thing going around when you were with the Kings about the pancake stuff. Like, I don't even know the full story. For those of who might have heard of it, can you just start it from scratch to finish? Yeah, I can. Good terminology, scratch, making pancakes. Oh, um, yeah, no pun intended either. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't even know what a pun is. Um, so we were playing uh, – there was a game at one o'clock on a Sunday against Columbus and I was married at the time. And so I got up early and she actually made breakfast and she made pancakes and I had sat down to eat them. And as I hit the chair, my fucking lungs cinched up and it's the only time it's ever happened, but I couldn't breathe. But I was by hell or high water. I was going to finish those pancakes. (laughs) And uh, went back upstairs like the hunchback of Notre Dame, put on my suit and drove to the rink and walked in, you know, dragging my back right leg and King of the trainer just goes, what the hell is wrong with you? I said, I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you. And so he checked it out and he's like, just go home. You can't play. I'm like, well, just give me one of those needles you got back there. <laughs> and I'm kidding. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Hey, hey and, what's, what's the coach from a varsity blues? Shoot him up. Yeah. yeah. He's like, so, he's like, mind your own business. Billy Bob's going back in, bitch. Just get the fuck down, back up quarterback. That's all I got. So, yeah, that was good. And so uh, the next day, we had to scrum with the media after practice, and one of the guys asked me what happened. And it was actually the scrum, most of the guys had disappeared, just a couple of them. And I just told them I had sat down to eat pregame meal, which was some pancakes my wife had made, my back went out. So the article that he put out said, Penner eats or hurts his back eating pancakes. Talk about a shrivel job by that guy. Yeah, he apologized months later for just staring at his shoelaces. Hey, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever, bud. <laughs> staring at his shoelaces, can't even look yeah. in the eye. Whatever, bud. Yeah. 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 He got the clicks. He's like, going shit about you and your exactly. fucking You're like, I'm already on the way to getting waved. Fuck off. I don't need your... Yeah. 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 I hop, drop me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the only thing I could think of doing when that first came out, I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to go to IHOP and serve some pancakes. And 
get a free meal out of this. You know, wait, wait, you can appreciate that. You like a free meal. Oh, you know, free 99, dude. I'll take anything. <laughs> You've seen my suits? Yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't get you to stay after practice in Edmonton. You're driving down every dealership. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude. You're talking to two guys on a podcast, business, one of them, and I'm getting chirped for like, trying to get free stuff. I'll get you a couple promo codes with for Herbal Active yeah. so you can rub on that, uh, yeah. that neck of yours. Uh, hey, I want to ask a question. You uh, you got involved in a little bit in the cannabis industry, did you not? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's uh, it's fun as uh, open, I guess, or pre pre like Canada, from what I understand. But uh, it's more of the wild, wild west here. I don't know if you guys want to get into the, the legal aspects of it, but it's never going to probably be legalized federally, but only statewide. That way, the feds can come in there and still bust them up, bust you guys, or bust us up when they want. But there, you can find, I guess, loopholes from what I understand. I'm more of an angel investor than the guy in the back making the donuts. <laughs> Just the angel investor pens. Oh, yeah. my God. Are you still doing uh, the DJing? Are you still doing all the techno shit? No, I, uh, I reached the top of the summit in that profession, so I'll hang out up there, too. Yeah, who are you? were always hanging on, like, what is it above and beyond you? I always saw, what is that above and beyond? Is that a band or is that like just like a. Well, yeah, there are three guys, uh, two from the UK and one from Finland. They're two of the guys around my age and the other guy's 50. And this is uh, like his third thing, he, third job, I guess you'd say, that he's entered into. And the last one, he was the head of Warner Brothers Music in the UK. So they're, they're pretty refined guys. And uh, they, uh, the DJ around the world had been nominated for Grammys, and I was able to become friends with them. And still, I'm, I got to be able to uh, open up for them on New Year's Day down here in Orange County. So after that night, I kind of lost interest. Oh, you just shut her down. But for, for those of you who aren't into the, the electronic music, I, I, I'm not like a hardcore. I love Above and Beyond. They, they take you on a ride. I mean, little Dolly Parton doesn't hurt, but uh, it's a fucking time, man. Get, and then you get up nice and uh, snuggle with a, a, hopefully a random, a nice one you scooped up. That <laughs> and uh, she likes you for you, not the fucking $10,000 bottle service you just purchased. <laughs> but uh, that's besides the point. But back to Above and Beyond, uh, great, great uh, electronic. What, what would you consider them? Uh, they'd be more like uh, house? Uh, progressive progressive traps. Probably progressive house with it. The reason is like the difference between progressive and house is, and there's so many subgenres when it comes to dance music, but progressive is essentially it has a has a long build and a drop and then you know a melody and a long build and a drop. Whereas you know it, it goes into BPMs where house never gets up around or never gets past 124, and then trance can get up to 136, and then there's beats per minute. You know, I don't know if you already said yeah. that the BPM but beats no. per minute. No, I didn't. Thanks. Thanks for the pickup. <laughs> He's always looking out. I'm a disher. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, it. Was fun to do. I mean, I'm I grew up singing in a choir and playing trombone, so it wasn't uh, that hard to pick it up. You sang in the choir? Yeah. Oh my god! Imagine how big and awkward you looked. You're probably big. No, than I, the I, no, no. I was. Uh, you tell my last year of high school I was five six, 120 pounds. Really? Yep. I grew a foot the summer after high school. 
You grew a foot when you were 18 years old. Well, I'm a late birder, fishbowl, 17. Uh, hey, with all these, with the neck injury and stuff, are you not golfing anymore? You know, for people who don't know, no. Ben's a stick. Yeah, uh, not as good as you, though. I see you're still swinging it. Oh, I swing it. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. But, no, I haven't been able to. Oh, fuck, like, man. It's a, it's a, well, it's the same injury as Peyton Manning. They're the same doctor, except mine was a bit worse from what the doctor told me. Wow. So there would have been 18 months recovery, and then I'd have to come sing for my supper. <laughs> so I called my accountant and said, hey, do I ever have to work again? They're like, no. I'm like, thank you. Keep an eye on the count, though. <laughs> You're like, let me know if it gets below this number. Thank you very much. Keep sending the checks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so you're not, are you passionate about anything right now? Or are you getting any different? I know, I know you're, you're, you're pretty political. You, you're, you're, you go on some rants sometime on Instagram. I know you're a big Jordan Peterson guy. I'm a huge Jordan Peterson guy as well. Uh, I might get scalded for that comment by the left wing nut jobs uh, that listen to this podcast, okay. all, all three of them. Well, but I think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd stand it down on that. I, what I've found just by having so much free time. No, sorry. That's dumb. Shut the fuck up, Jerry. <laughs> Oh, Jerry's still around, dude. Uh, yeah, I got three dogs, one for each failed, one for each failed relationship. <laughs> just parting gifts on the way out. Yeah, and just and just stubbornness too, and it's fine. It's like, no, you don't get to keep the dog, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute. I didn't. Even, yeah, you're like, fuck. I didn't even. I didn't know if I wanted this to keep this dog. I, yeah, I just knew. You, I didn't want you to have it. At the moment, <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want. I just didn't want you to. Ha- I didn't want you to be happy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, and I want those Victoria's Secret gift cards back. <laughs> yeah, return those. You never even wore what I wanted you to wear to begin. Yeah. Hey, how much you lose in the in the divorce? Oh, that that's a hell of a racket. Let me tell you. Oh, what a racket, huh, parents? Fuck. Yeah, I. It came down to. My lawyer is going and saying to the, her lawyer, how much is it going to cost me for you to go away? Really? And, yeah. And what was the number? And, uh, well, a million, a million clams for a year. And then oh. about, about half a mil for lawyer fees. And then the whole year, that we were together, she was spending 40 grand a month. For how long? For that? Well, a, mil- a million bucks for a year. She only got fifteen thousand three hundred eighty-four bucks a day. It's not that bad. <laughs> oh, that's a, quite the bargain. Hey, uh, did she give you air yeah. miles for that? <laughs> no, I got I got the Williams Sonoma gift card. Though. <laughs> at least you get those. At least you get those stickless pans. Yeah, but it was uh, the thing I remember the most is during the uh, mediation. The. Uh, the whatever you want, I guess the mediator came in. They would go from room, from my room to her room, and uh, essentially try and soften what each side was saying. And the second or third time she came back to me, this was an older lady, probably in her 60s, had served. She said, She goes, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I'm in the lawyer. Lawyer's office that I'm in is the same lawyer that Halle Berry had. I'm on Rodeo Drive paying one guy $1,000 an hour and the other guy's 700. 
And in front of those two people, I mean, this arbitrator, this old lady, you know, clasped both my hands in her hands and said, I've been doing this for about 30 years and I've never seen a gold digger like this in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank wow. you. Pens, well, that makes me feel better at least. Okay. So Pens, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. So I, I'd never met her and, and I, I'd heard she was known as the black widow before I even met her. But I go, I, I when I meet anyone, when I meet anyone, I, I, I'm open-minded. Like I'm fucking, you know, I, yeah. I hear people's opinions. You never know how you're going to vibe, right? You know, it depends what yeah. the science right, right. I'm into astrology. So we go to uh, yeah. Ryan Getzlov. <laughs> I go to Ryan Getzlov's golf tournament and we go to that, uh, is it Sutra? Yeah, that's correct. I got a 10-year bottle for a valued customer when you're yeah oh yeah you you dumped that place in business man. i think you gave your wife and, <laughs> yeah. and them the exact same amount in in uh in, in, in yeah. <laughs> before your club days were over but uh I, I, and, yeah. and i meet her and just as described she, she is stunning like one of the most attractive women's i've ever seen in the flesh and by the end of the night i'm like yeah with that personality and that high maintenance i was like yeah this might last a year yeah sold <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was worse than than described. And 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 I'm like, man, like Penn's is such a fucking good guy. I'm pretty sure you got the heads up from a few of the boys. But hey, you live and you learn. And and uh, hey, at least and it only spend, costs you. And you spend. And you spend. Yeah. yeah at least it yeah. only costs you a million and a half. Quick. Uh, what do you say that? Uh, quick test drive. And uh, yeah, not the one. But he crashed. Yeah. It. It's a, yeah. Well, it's uh, I I got off easy from like I have. My mother and her mother are quite, uh, what's the word, conservative ladies. My grandmother, well, when she was alive, she had read the Bible five times. And I say that because one of my friends had overheard those two, those two talking at one of my Stanley Cup parties. Well, I guess the second one. And they had said to each other, it's a miracle he hasn't killed himself yet. What? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're, 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 you said your mom yeah. oh. said that about like, cause, cause, cause you were married to her. Well, just because what they, what they witnessed, yours observed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember like, yeah, let's, were you, were you oh, just, hey, that, just, just were like you that blinded just like by love or were you just like uh, so attracted to her physically? Like, how does that, how does it get to the point where I, you like feel that comfortable and then all of a sudden it's done in a year? Right. That's a wall. I mean, it just people are saying, did you see any of the signs? Like the flag, red flag? We're like, oh, yeah, I just ignored and kept driving down the highway. <laughs> yeah. It was, was flashing flash 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 yellow, and I kept I, 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 yeah. I mean, I did, but she oh, could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> How much further do I got to drive to lose a million? Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> you want to pull over and ask for directions? No, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I want to wait to hop, I want to wait to hop off till it really hurts. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We're, doing, we're, we're doing it speed style. We got to keep this thing above fifty-five miles an hour. We're gonna all blow up. But yeah, it's just one of those things where, you, it, when you're in it, it's, there's an old thing you can't see the forest from the trees. And you don't really understand how bad it is, and the reason why I think I, you know, I tried to make it work for so long is. As a competitive competitive guy, and you know, and being able to make it to the NHL, that was one thing I loved. It was one of the first things I loved, and I succeeded. 
And then I realized years after the divorce, the reason why I, I couldn't get past it until I realized this, which was, it was the first thing that I loved that I failed at. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you don't, it's like, you, it's not even that you can't admit it. It's just like, Oh, I'm not done yet because it's, it's not working yet. <laughs> right. Because you're always been able to problem solve. Otherwise you wouldn't make it to the NHL. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, fun. whatever though. Pens, pens, like now, are you are you good? Are you in a good place? Are you are, like, are, is your time occupied enough? Because my biggest concern in, in uh, retirement was being busy enough to stimulate my mind, not necessarily even the money aspect. But that's fun too. Right, it's like having a purpose. Yeah, having a purpose. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's definitely the struggle because it's it's like yeah, it's people I think don't understand that everybody has a dream of what they want to do when they grow up, you know, when they're three, four or five years old for a lot of Canadian hockey players, you find that passion for hockey as soon as you step on the ice. And that's usually around three, four, five years old. And you don't think about anything other than hockey. You're playing hockey on the ice, on video games, you know, on grass, on streets, on your driveway, or watching hockey or watching Don Cherry Rock and soccer videos. And then you end up reaching the summit. And then all of a sudden the game ends at 34 or 30, whatever it is for each individual. And, you know, I liken it to the feeling of, you know, the first time for me, I played Ninja Gaiden for Nintendo and you beat the game and you're like, fuck, now what? Yeah. I mean, so like, you kind of. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I lost my train of thought. No, I was, I, I was, <laughs> I completely agreed in the fact that like, it's kind of like extended adolescence when you're, you're playing professional sports because everything's taken care of, taken care of for you. You don't need to do anything. All you got to do is like work out or do whatever to make you able to play. You got to keep producing. But then when it ends, it's like, what am I, what am I doing now? What do, what do I, what do I, I got to figure out something to be passionate about because I never even thought of anything at any point in my life. Right, and it's tough to find something that you couldn't quantify and equate, like uh, in a passionate sense. You know, when you compare it to hockey, like well, you had the DJing thing, and 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 you, right. and you got better at that, and then you got to the pinnacle, and then so now you're yeah. looking for that next thing. Right. Well, so it's essentially what it's like, but you know, it could be worse. It could be married. <laughs> Oh, oh, fuck you, dude. You you Pens, listen, here's the thing. Would you, would you ever give a shake at media or, or do you not care enough because you already have enough money and you don't want to? No, no, I would, but I think uh, that wouldn't last very long. Oh, because, you, yeah, you're strongly opinionated and you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd be surprised. And, and now here, like, as, as long as you don't cross that line, I mean, you'd be a great fit for a company like Barstool. Well, they let you do your, do your thing and, you know, they let people say what they want. Sometimes if you do cross the line and you feel maybe you were wrong or you don't care, you know, you can apologize, but it's, it's a good, it's a good company. Right. I love it. I, I'm a little bit more liberal than, than maybe you are, or, or sorry, I'm, I'm more liberal than what you are for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, fuck. I mean, Maybe we should talk about doing a fucking podcast with Pens. Yeah, I, I mean, I I bought all the equipment to do one here. It's just uh, it's tough to find. It's tough to find the right people to do it with. You know, they're the funniest people I know I played with. Yeah, that's true. Like me. Right. That was 
That's a tip of the cap to you, Whit. All right, Pence. Dude, stay well, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. That interview was also brought to you by Burrow. Have you begun your preparation for the big game? Even if you subscribe to the one week at a time philosophy, you know you're going to need a proper watch station, a new Burrow sofa. Super comfortable, stain resistant, and featuring a built-in charger, it's the place to watch all the action this February. It's a stress-free shopping experience. They have the high-quality materials and construction, all handmade in America, which is great because football is American, too. The frame is strong and sturdy like an MVP linebacker, and the fabric is naturally queso and beer-resistant. It's designed for comfort. It's got the USB charger right there, so you never have to get up, Homer Simpson style. It's got the pillows and throws line. Awesome. Can't beat it, okay? Make sure you're all set for the festivities and order a borrow sofa today with free one week shipping. Your new furniture will be ready to go. And you can't take and you can take $75 off by visiting borrow.com slash chicklets. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash chicklets for $75 off your order. Thanks again to Borrow for supporting the show. Thank you very much to Dustin Penner, Big Pens. Uh, had a lot of laughs playing with that guy and forever a Stanley Cup champion. So we appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we hear from you again soon. Wait, I mentioned uh, about the Phoenix Open uh, earlier in the episode. It kind of sparked a couple stories that you told me while we were on uh, vacay there out in L.A. You need to tell the fans. Uh, the first one being uh, the hot pepper story. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, this should come. This should come up when we finally get Cleary and Horkoff on this goddamn podcast. But um, so I played in in. They belong to Oakland Hills in Michigan, sick track, and they have a member guest. I always played with Hork. Actually, I played with Bear one year too. So I'd go out. I don't remember what year it was, but they started talking at dinner about how like they're gonna get on Augusta someday. They know a member. He's gonna get them on. I'm like, guys, who's the fourth? They're like, uh, we don't know. I'm like, guys. Come on, boys. Come on. We're always together. We always golf together. Like, I don't know, Wade. I don't know. They're just they're busting my balls so hard. But they really would probably not take me. Who knows? So we were at a sushi or Chinese food restaurant, whatever it was, and they had their like the waiter was talking up this pepper. And apparently it's like the hottest pepper on the planet. I don't know what it was called. And 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 I'll never forget Bear. Or it might have been Hork. He's like, Hey uh, Wit, why don't you uh why don't you try to up your odds to get into Augusta and you eat that pepper? I was like, ah, guys, I, I, listen, and if I have, like, even a, like, mild, mild, if I get the regular salsa at Chipotle, I'm dripping. My forehead starts sweating. I am not good with hot food. I have no palate for hot food. So I'm like, guys, the night's just beginning. I don't know. I don't know. They're like, well, I mean, if you eat it, you're probably getting the invite. I'm like, you promise me if you go to Augusta and I eat this pepper, I'm coming. They're like, we promise. So the promise is in. This dude brought over this pepper. I took a bite of it. Never in my life have I been in more of a panic. Dude, I was yelling. I think there's video. I, there might be video of this. I was squirting sauces. I had I had him bring me over milk, pouring milk in my face. It was like um, I felt like uh, dumb and dumber when they're when they're spraying the 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 
ketchup and the mustard, ah, like trying. I think that's that movie. And yeah. I was losing my. I'm like, this is funny. This is funny. They are crying, laughing. I'm fucking furious at them. Um, I remember in the middle of the panting, I was like, I better be going to fucking Amen Corner. <laughs> so, so needless to say, my whole night, my whole night was ruined. My whole night was ruined. It was like death was at the doorstep in my mouth. And so um, they haven't been to Augusta. And if they have, they, I mean, God knows if they've been and haven't told me or they go and don't bring me, I'll burn their houses down. Well, and then, and then that sparked another story, which was the Larry David story of the time Larry David went to Augusta. Now, for oh, yeah. those who are listening and you don't know what Augusta is, uh, I don't know what rock you're living under, but you may not be a golf Stop person. Listening. Uh, yeah, stop listening. Augusta National is the hardest course probably in the world to get No, it's a, that's the thing. I don't really think it is. Like, okay. Well, it is. Here, my dad played on it. It's not – I mean, it's you, – Your you dad can, played Augusta? Yeah, if you know someone, you can get on. Well, y- you think? Okay, I mean, well, it's very difficult to get on because what we got Ed Jovanovsky for his thousandth game was, uh, was a foursome there because somebody knew a guy. And he, he, he's a golfer and he wanted to play that track. That, so, was, his, that was his award. For, so that didn't cost you anything, Biz. You must have loved that. No, no. We, like, we have to, I think we paid for the PJ or whatever it was oh, that he, what he was going to go there on. We bought him like, a fuck. special putter and shit. Don't trust me. They took fucking 1000 bucks out of my paycheck because I looked. So, so Wits got this email from his buddy. No, it's a text. It's a, or a text. text so, sorry. A text. You know what? I'm not even going to bring up like how I have this text because somebody, somebody, I have it from somebody who probably shouldn't have it, but this is a text from Larry David and it is sent to a very famous sports reporter in New York city. And they were talking about, uh, you know, Larry just played Augusta and the, the question had been asked right before this. All I have is a picture message of this, what I'm going to read, but you can tell the question was, wow, how was it? How, or how'd you play? Because this is Larry David's text. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you watch Seinfeld, if you know Larry David, try to imagine him saying it. and It'll be way funnier than me reading it. But this is his text. 96, which is obviously what he shot. Have you played it? Wasn't really that hard. I only lost one ball. Fairways are wide, but I hated the waspy privilege exclusivity of it all. The members in their green jackets. The talking hardly gets above a whisper in the dining room. I didn't hear one laugh. It's like a little fascist country, and the dictator is Billy Payne, who's actually referred to as Mr. Chairman. That's what he's called, like he's fucking Mao. (laughs) (laughs) That is, uh, like, fuck is that unbelievable. You should print that out and frame it. But just how, that's like how funny Larry David is. And and in 96, and he's he's telling the guy it wasn't that hard. (laughs) The fairways were wide. Fairways were wide. Only lost one ball. So those were a few stories I I, I thought of um, after I said that, and uh, you told me a fucking hilarious. Uh, another thing too, wit people ripping your Louis Vuitton uh, duffel bag in your funny video that you posted after the awesome weekend, thanking New Amsterdam and everyone at the All Star game. Like, what? Can you only travel with a backpack or a, or a? or an actual suitcase? Like, do well, they, fuck, do these just people not know what a duffel bag is? Just because they can't afford it. By the way, it's not a purse. It's like a big bag. It's like a, tr- it's like a it's carry-on. a duffel bag. Yeah, fuck off, everyone. You, oh, and I was getting- LL- you and your LL Bean backpacks with your initials <laughs> on them. Uh, and I, I, was, I was getting ripped while we were at the All-Star game for how many track suits I wear. Well, I actually are- think it's great. I think it's your look on the road. You wear- And they're nice track suits, and you look good, guys. 
Well, I and, wanted to pull them off. And I'm working. Why do I want to be in like uh, like a sewer or even tight jeans or? Well, I mean, people are gonna rip me for the tight jeans thing. I wear fitted, like fairly fitted jeans. <laughs> I don't wear boot cut, uh, like some of you peasants. Well, see, I just dress what we're gonna be go- like going out to dinner in that night. I just don't really want to go back and shower. You like going back and doing the long shower, get ready. Yeah, and fuck, I, I, I want to be in a comfortable working uh, situation so I can bank interviews so you people can get and entertain. And now I'm getting chirped online like, Jesus Christ, man, we can't win. Can we? Yeah, sorry, sorry we didn't get dolled up for a fucking 15-hour bus ride up the California coast for all y'all. Well, Al Ray, speaking of our bus ride, how about our bus driver that we didn't talk about yet? This guy, I think this guy led the whole thing in kills. Absolute beauty. I hung out with him one day. I grabbed lunch with me and him. Hung out, hung out, had a uh, little chat with him. He was a fucking fantastic guy. I don't even know his first name. He said, call me D. Dennis. Dennis. He was telling me about how his wife and his girlfriend are best friends. The guy's like, (laughs) he's a legend. He's like, oh, yeah, my wife, she's been been up my ass, but she can't change me. I mean, her and my my girlfriend are best friends. Dude, he also, the the funniest part about the whole thing was that he, was a diehard hockey fan. We had no idea. And he was actually a Tampa Bay Lightning season ticket holder. And Bugsy and Teddy Purcell are on the bus. And finally, he's like, can I get a picture? My, my daughter actually has a Purcell jersey. Dude, what are the fucking odds of that? And then when I told him, whenever I told him Stamma was coming, because that came together last second, I'm like, I goes, buddy, Stamco's coming. He's like, is he? He's like, oh, can I get a, you think I get a pitch with him? I says, absolutely, pal. We'll make sure you can get one with him. He was fucking like, like a little kid, all fired up. But yeah, he was a beauty, man. I, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed his company. He was a hell of a bus driver. So kudos to whoever hired him. Yeah, I mean, he was tied for the lead and kills over over the trip. So uh, holy he shit. Also, big, he, also crashed his, wet. he also crashed the bus, didn't he? Yeah, he nicked it up a little bit. He's making it look mean. Dude, he, <laughs> nice. Hey, he, I'm just thankful he got us there in one piece considering he had to drive the last leg of the PCH in the fucking blind and dock with like six inches on either side of him in the IV. So he gets props in my book. Uh, wait, a few minutes ago you mentioned um, Wayne Simmons, um, manager Chuck, general manager of Philly Chuck Fletcher. I almost called him Cliff Fletcher. He basically come out and said the next few weeks we have to resolve it, meaning Wayne Simmons one way or the other. Uh, he's a pending UFA. He makes just under $4 million this year. I, you got to think he's gone. Philly's probably not going to get to the playoffs. They can definitely get something for him to, to help build for the future. Uh, I think I would think any team would want to uh, add Wayne Simmons at this point to the season. I know he's not having the best year, but he's the type of guy, similar to when we talked to Ray Bork last week, he, he, he wasn't sure what he had left until he went to Colorado, and he's like, holy shit, I got a ton left once he got traded. So I think we could see a situation like that with Simmons. What do you think, Whit? Yeah, I think, if anything, I think it'll be kind of right at the deadline. Um, and you know what's crazy is, like, Wayne Simmons has had some monster years where he was just a, a beast. Um, you know, 30 goals, fight, hit, physical, net front presence, just everything you could want in a power forward. And he never really, like, you know, he, he signed a six-year deal. I think the cap hit was just under $4 million. So he made, you know, he, on, the la- on the contract he's on right now, he made about $24 million. But the way he's played, it's almost like he's, he deserves more. He should have made more in his career. And now he's a free agent this summer as, as I hope his body isn't breaking down, but it could be just because of how hard he's played and, and what you've seen him go through. So I hope he gets a payday um, this summer, but he may not get what he, you know, what I think people thought he would a few years ago, just because he struggled a little bit this year. He's also had some really good games and played well at times, but then last year too, was a little bit of an off year. So you play that style, you play that hard for so long and it's hard to continue to do that, but uh, hopefully still he gets paid this summer and it'd be nice. 
it would be a lot easier to get paid if he does go to a contender, which when he gets traded, it will be a, to a contender and goes on a big run. And then all of a sudden, you know, people see you playing late to the spring and you get another big deal out of it, hopefully. It may not be in the plans, but it might be smart. Uh, like the, I would say one thing the Leafs lack is that maybe that grit up front. You saw him get bullied around by Boston last year in the playoffs. Obviously, Boston plays a, a fairly physical game. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't count that out. Is there any other teams that need a, a good net front presence like that, a guy who can get, who's strong on the walls? And, and I know Toronto likes to push the pace, and, and, they, and, they, and they move up ice quick. Like, Simmons is still pretty fast. I know he had some knee issues at the end of last year. I believe it was his knee, right? Uh, I think so. He played through it, like, all last season. But but he's not slow by any means. So, who knows, man? Maybe Toronto makes a stab at him. And and the reason I say that is, like, you don't know what's going to happen with this Leafs roster, man. Like, they got a lot of guys to pay. And, like, you don't know who's going to offer Sheet Matthews or even Marner. I mean, fuck me. Matthews, if, if this summer Matthews doesn't get an offer sheet, I will be severely disappointed in the NHL. I know it's not likely, but if there's one guy, chuck one to him. So, also, uh, as I watch this game, this is totally random. Pittsburgh's up 4 nothing. They're trouncing Tampa, even though Tampa's out shooting them. But Mal- Malkin, everyone's dogging Malkin. Like, I hear so much Malkin off this year. Malkin this, Malkin that. He has 53 points in 49 games going into tonight. And I just saw him make an incredible play. I was just like, what is that really where you're at, where you're dogging Malkin? He's over a point per game. Is that the issue in Pittsburgh? So that was just a quick wit thought. Yeah, people are going to always complain. Uh, and as far as Simmons, you know, I, I, similar to Muzzin, Biz, you know, anybody could find a spot for a guy like that. If, if your team's looking at him, man, you, you just find a spot for him. And he, he did have a little bit of unfortunate time. He did sign that six-year, $24 million ticket, which probably wishes he maybe signed a three- or four-year deal because he would have really cashed in the last couple of years. Uh, one of the minor deal, well, I'll call the guy a minor player, uh, forward Jordan Martinook for the Carolina signed a two-year, $4 million extension with the Hurricanes. Uh, he would have been an RFA this summer. He's 26-year-old, has a... Ten goals, three assists, thirteen points in fifty games this year. So just a little housekeeping deal for the Hurricanes. Also, speaking of the Bruins, Trent Frederick had his first NHL game uh, Tuesday night. And Chris Tanev of the Winnipeg Jets probably thought he was going to push the little rookie around a little bit. Nah, didn't didn't happen that way. Uh, Trent Frederick absolutely fed him his lunch. Uh, you know, and I have a couple of people say, oh, dude, he's bigger than him. He should have. It's like, dude, Tanev started with him. He thought, like, you know, you see it a lot of times, a rookie in his first game or first couple of games, a guy thinks he's going to mush him around a little. And Frederick pushed back. Tanev wanted the fight. He got it, and he, and he got the shit punched out of him. I'm, I'm sure you caught that, Biz, right? Oh, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a, a – It wasn't a, Chris Tanev, though. It was his brother. It was his brother. Oh, I'm sorry. Brent, yeah. oh, Brent. Was That's it all Brent? right. We're not named it, guys it's Brandon. It was Brandon Tanev uh, – Providence, Providence College, Friar. Another, another father who should be spe- selling his sperm. Two kids but in the show, not a big deal. The main, <laughs> the main story in that fight was the, the, <laughs> the high-five mishap by Frederick's parents. Oh, my God. By the way, his parents, the dad had a Sox hat on. I think the mom might have had a Bruins hat on. They looked like they were straight out of Boston just cheering on their son as he was dummying Tanev. So that was a pretty funny moment to see his parents go that crazy. Not for a goal. Not, it looked like They looked like they were jumping around for the game winner in the playoffs, but it was his first tilt in his first game, which, which he won, and, and then just the, just the high five. I mean, 
they, they weren't even close. It was like Tiger and his caddy. It was like just a, not, not even close to executing that high five in the stands. Yeah, a little overexcited there, but you can't blame him, man. Your first kid's first game, he's throwing hands like that. And, man, dude, he, I mean, he threw, dude. He, he, kind of, he caught Tanner with about six or seven fucking bombs right away. Uh, another quick note on the Bruins while we're here. Rask was placed on the IR retroactive to January 19th for his concussion. Uh, but good news, he did skate on Wednesday. Uh, and if Thursday's practice goes fine, he will be back in the lineup Thursday night. If not, he'll be back in the lineup over the weekend. Obviously, it sucks to have your goalie concussed, but the timing really couldn't have been any better. Uh, the Bruins had the bye. It went right into the all-star break. So uh, he might not even miss a game after having suffered a concussion. So as, as a Bees fan, we like to hear that. Uh, big game this weekend, boys. Uh, a little f- football game called the Super Bowl. Yeah, R.A., and Barstool Sports just dominating Super Bowl week again. Uh, it started with Portnoy and uh, BFT getting kicked out of the media night. I, I don't understand. Wh- like The NFL, if, if they just allow Barstool to come to all these things, it's over. But it's, it's like the worst PR in the, in the world is the NFL. They can't figure out how to get out of their own way. Just allow Barstool everywhere, and it's a non-story. Now, instead, it's a story everywhere that you're trying to silence this now major media company, major sports media company. And it's on, like, ESPN. Like, what's going on with Barstool in the NFL? And sh- <laughs> shout out to uh, what's the guy's name in, in New Orleans, the coach, Sean Payton. Sean yeah. Payton. Sean Payton wearing a Goodell clown shirt under his college shirt today doing interviews. So, I mean, is there a more hated commissioner in the history of sports? No. Uh, he makes $44 million a year. Does he care? Probably not. <laughs> Still, this guy is such an idiot, uh, such a loser. All the Patriots fans hate him. Now the rest of the league's starting to hate him. And it's just barstools coming up roses because they're the bad boys every week now at Super Bowl parties. Or Super Bowl week, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, some people don't understand the, the sense of humor that Dave has. I Obviously, I, he just stirs the pot. He's, like, probably the biggest troll on the internet. Yeah, he might and, be, really. And I, I find it comical. Some people don't, but uh, great job by him and the rest of Barstool. Uh, thank you to Barstool for lending us Dana, who is our camera guy, uh, cinematographer is the proper word and editor now a hockey guy we transformed him after all our lingo and obviously our our antics uh and fun interviews so uh barstool man i i am very thankful that i joined them they do not censor me they allow me to uh, allow us to do our thing they don't say a word and uh it's been an awesome would you call it a marriage yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome marriage. It's yeah. been a great bond with them. Uh, boys, what are, what are your guys' predictions? You guys are the gambling guys. What's the line right now on this game? Uh, it went up to, oh, go ahead, Ari. Sorry. I, I checked today. The line did go up to three. Patriots minus three with a 56 and a half total. Um, well, I don't know. If, I'm, I, I like the Pats. I mean, obviously, I'm a Pats fan, but I, I you know, I'm going to buy the half a point, get it down to two and a half. You never want to lay three. Always buy a two and a half. I'm going to take Edelman on the MVP for 35 to one. I know Brady minus 120, his odds are he's a favorite to win the MVP. But, you know, if a quarterback doesn't win the MVP, a lot of times it's a wide receiver, like we saw Deion Branch a few years ago. I mean, if Edelman goes off and, you know, has half of the half of the odds that Brady throws for, he, he's got a shot at it. Uh, also going to throw on Hogan for first TV at 19 to 1 and Dorsett at first TD at 20 to 1. A couple shits and giggles props. What do you got lined up with? Patriots 39, 31 to 29. Oh, okay. count it. Count it. You don't think they're going to cover? Nope. 31-29. I think they're going to cover. So by a, fo- so so by a full point. One with a minute and a half left, they're going to go down and kick the game-winning field goal. That's what you got? 
I mean, people forget that I called to a T the Super Bowl, the Patriots Super Bowl against the Seahawks. I called it the whole, a week before I went on a radio show and called the entire scenario, how it would play out. What? Can we get this audio? They're not going to give the ball to. This has been deleted, I'm sure. No, it's on my Instagram. It's on my Instagram. You can find it. The final play I said, I said the Patriots are going to win. I gave the exact score. I said Russell Wilson's going to have a chance to march down the field with two minutes left. It's going to come down to the final play. And the Patriots D is going to stuff them. Called it you to a team. Well, so, I mean, they didn't stuff them. They intercepted it. But that's nonetheless, tough. fair that's enough. Get, wait, wait. Play the audio right now. We got 28-24 Patriots. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's going to have the opportunity to make a, a final drive in the, in the last two minutes of the game. I think he's going to get stomped by that Patriots D. Wow. Grinelli. I mean, here's the thing, like. That's dead on. You must have won a good amount of money. Back then, you must have been betting like five bucks a game. Yeah, it was like a $40 bet. It was pretty, pretty weak. You're pathetic. I, I, I originally, how about when this line came out, the Patriots were plus one. Why I didn't just hammer it then, I don't know. Damn. The only thing that's, I think the Patriots are going to win. The only thing that scares me is the recipe to beat the Patriots in the past has been just unreal defensive line play by the other team and then good play by the corners. And I, I can't remember a defensive line ever like this L.A. team. I mean, you've seen that that Aaron Donald won RA about 12 grand. He's a complete street beast. And then Ndamukong Sue has been, I, I feel like, actually trying now. Uh, I, I feel like that guy got paid this year and maybe shut it down. Now the playoffs are going and he's into it. So I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think it's a blowout either way. The Patriots never really only play in great great games in the Super Bowl. Um, but I like them to get it done, and I would love it. I, I know this sounds crazy. I know I know he said 0% chance he retires, but if Tom Brady wins this year and gets his sixth and retires, it's like that's perfect to me. That's perfection. Uh, you think it was perfect when Ray Bork retired? That was after one. This would be his sixth and, you know, fourth Super Bowl in five years. It's just not, you, you, there's nothing else to say. If you hate Tom Brady, you're a loser. You're an idiot. Um, and, and I love the guy. So I hope that he goes out on top. But having said that, if you love a sport and you're still at, at the top of your game, why would he quit? So we'll see what happens. I think Gronk's definitely done after today. Gronk's last game. I agree. After Sunday, I think Gronk's definitely done. And he now they're McCourt- McCourty could be done too. So I think it's a big game for the Patriots. Uh, I'm not going to make yeah, any predictions think? other than the fact that I really like RA's pick on Edelman for MVP. And that's because after the game, uh, he made the comments after they won the, the what is it, the NFC or the AFC? AFC Champs. I know, I'm going to get torched for that. But uh, he's like, I'm going to get you six. Like, you're Jordan. And, and, and this is more about getting Tom his sixth than it is about Edelman getting his, what, third or, or fourth or how many he's got. So Edelman will be going. Uh, hard, and he was fucking big down the stretch of that last game uh, where they beat, beat uh, KC. So, uh, and uh, Edelman boys, will make a catch and get knocked out cold on the field. You're like, he's out cold, and then he's lined up for the next snap. You're yeah, like, he's, what is he's, this guy doing? He's nuts. Uh, let's talk about Ovi's uh, all-star break slash bye week. <laughs> Did they win the cup again or what? Did I miss oh, something? Still cup champ. He's still cup champ. <laughs> Is he right? Was he riding a dolphin? Yep. <laughs> oh, that guy. He's just living his best life, man. I mean, life by the balls. He, uh, he, he was salsa dancing with, uh, I don't know if it was his daughter or his niece or something like that. His wife was having a great time laughing at him. He was being silly. So Ovi's just, just having a blast, just selling the game. 
Hey, just sell them a game. I can't wait for playoffs. I can't wait. I know we're 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 only two thirds the way through the season, but I don't know this Pittsburgh Tampa game. Even though Pittsburgh's beating them, I'm gonna. I just think of the second round in the in the Atlantic Division. Tampa will be involved. Maybe Boston or Toronto. Then Pittsburgh, Washington, possibly again. I'm just fired up for playoffs. This is the time of the year. I know trade deadlines coming up. We'll be we'll have some coverage of that, and we'll be excited. You know, going into the trades and, and who's gonna get into the playoffs. But get me to first round, boys. Uh, Grinnell, you had some current uh, events you wanted to talk about? Yes, boys. So it, it's not necessarily a current event, but I found out the other day, Ryan, seven-year-old Ryan from Ryan's Toys Review, is the highest-paid YouTuber. He's seven years old. How much would you guess that Ryan, the seven-year-old toy, toy reviewer, makes? I guarantee $35 million. What? I said, oh, buddy, like Logan Paul and those guys are, are pulling in $26, 27000000 million a year. I bet you Ninja's you up sure? there. 26? Buddy, okay, well, well Grinnell's going to give us the answer. I know, I know numbers. Give your, what do you think, Ari? How much do you think? I said $2 million, just because he's seven. <laughs> $2 million? I mean, I Dude, he fucking say, front wipes with $2 million. He's getting million that a month. Bucks. $10 million? $22 million. Okay, all right, I was off. I thought Logan Paul, maybe Logan Paul was at $17 million. I was off by, uh, by a 10 million. But $22 million for reviewing toys on the internet. At so what, seven years old. What's funny about that is a, a friend of mine, Billy Ryan, Florida Panther Scout, he has a daughter, um, and he told me, this might have been a year ago, like, hey, my, you know, my, we're talking about kids and, like, watching TV or whatever. At what age will they start watching TV, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know how the discussion started, really. Then he mentioned, oh, yeah, my daughter will sit and watch this kid on YouTube. He opens presents. Like, she, she, she sits there. It's like she's in a trance almost. She just loves it. And all these kids love watching this kid open presents. I didn't even understand it. I kept asking, what do you mean? Like, he's like. They, he just opens gifts and plays with them, and kids watch it, and they, uh, it makes no sense at all. I guess they're imagining if they got to open the gifts, but I know myself, if, if eight-year-old Little Wit's watching that, I'm so pissed off. I don't have the present. I don't even want to watch. So I guess these kids don't care now, but $22 million. His parents aren't even, like, really, like, doing that much harm to him. Sometimes you see parents being complete scumbags. I mean, all they're doing is giving the kids presents. It's not like they're, you know, sending their kid to well, get Well, they're not buying them anymore. They get them sent to them and wrapped like that. They're doing no work other than hitting record on the Zoom, dude. 22 sheets. So what's the, the backstory? How did it even begin? But it's, it's YouTube. It's YouTube. You never know, man. It's, it's R.A. Could, could start a YouTube channel of him saying, Wicked lot of fighting. And and you never know. You, Dude, maybe he's monet- making twenty million selling, selling merchandise. Let's with monetize like a button on the front and the, or actually what would, the, bottom, uh, what would RA, the bottom of the back of the shirt. If RA made twenty two sheets next year. What would be his like biggest purchase? I say a cigarette boat. Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> a cigarette machine. And you know where he's gonna drive it to? Florida. Florida, the panhandle. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. He's li- listening to Limp Biscuit the whole way. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm a CS the key guy. Hey, that's a, boys, that's a good transition though, too, that we're gonna be starting our own YouTube page too soon. So keep an eye out for all the video content we put out that we recorded at in LA, in Santa Monica, in Venice Beach with Sean Avery. So there's a ton of video content coming soon and uh, everyone should keep an eye out for that. The page hasn't been started yet. I know there's some some spit and chicklets fake YouTube pages out there. Don't look at those. We, we're going to start it. We'll tweet out the link, and it's coming soon. 
Uh, one other thing I can ask you fans, if, if you're even still listening at this point, we might've lost you after the guy shitting off the dock. Um, <laughs> is don't say when's this interview coming out. We bank seven all-stars at the all-star game. So we're going to roll the, all the all-stars out in the month of February. We have eight episodes. Obviously, we do two a week, four, four weeks. Quick math, Guy Witt, what are we at now? Eight? That's eight, boom. Just like I said, not a big deal. Uh, we're going we're gonna to release all the video content as well. The plan is, as we've said before, we can't just throw the whole uh, – interview on youtube for you guys to watch we have paying sponsors that buy ad reads on the actual podcast we will probably be rolling them out two three weeks later later after the fact after everyone's already listened then you can watch us because some people like watching the guys and their reactions like i know i was getting ripped by wit about being the fake punt guy i I watched that a couple times you fuck you were one funny motherfucker Oh um, God. Fake so podcast. we're excited for that to roll it on this content we're going to keep creating more and as grinnell said look up for our youtube page coming soon we won't be unwrapping presents though all right well i think that about wraps it up uh wednesday evening we're recording right now i'll be at nhl network next week uh monday tuesday wednesday they're double shifting me tuesday four to six six to eight how are you uh so also before i sign off biz you're insane if you don't throw a prop bet in that there's going to be a fake punt at the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> this, this looks like the guy in the uh, Guinness Book of World's Records who smokes the most cigarettes at once right now. He's got like seven Eagle Energies in his mouth. Funny you mentioned that. I don't know if we have an Eagle Energy ad read. We don't, but it doesn't matter, Grinnell, because they are one of our main sponsors. And I'm going to say this. Uh, if you want to uh, distribute these or want them in your stores, I said it last ad read, make sure you contact them because they're looking for American distributors. Uh, and last thing about the all-star game, biz all-star promo code gets you 20% off the Eagle energies. And it also enters you uh, in order to win some prizes, all-star prizes and uh, some product. And of course the Kachina Jersey for the coyotes with the biz 20 on the back. So that's not an ad read. That's just letting you guys know, uh, that you can win some free shit. All right, everyone. All right. Patch 34, Ram 17. Oh, oh.